you want me to start spouting misogyny now, or should I wait five minutes till I'm outside? Free flowing hate of women. Is now the good time? Now it's a good time. Now it's a good time for my neo Nazi sympathies to just manifest. Well, and the two aren't. It's not like the two aren't unrelated, right? Two. It's been what? It's been not even twenty seconds, and you're into. Hey, hey, look! Someone's got to talk about the important things, like what the superior race is. That's all I got to say. I just want to make sure you're uncomfortable off the bat. I want to make sure you're <laughs> uncomfortable on your own podcast. Yeah. I want to alienate your listeners on your behalf. Yeah, do it. I mean, I, I think that the only time I've spoke about Nazis, as you know, I spoke about Nazis twice. One was with you, and then the podcast after that, you got it in my head, and then I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like the Nazis. And I was like, what the fuck am I saying? Why am I talking about Nazis? I was like, it's Jacob. Well, I mean, how many episodes have you had? Probably 20 now? 20? Yeah, I did my 20. 20 if... Okay, a 10%, 10 rate, a 1 to 10 ratio is a little high for <laughs> a quantity of Nazi talk to number of episodes. Mm-hmm. You probably need to make sure you're avoiding that subject. But, um, no, I was watching a lot of Tim Dillon this morning, so I'm just mm-hmm. full of... I'm full of terrible thought content. I'm not, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. I've seen a few clips of Tim Dillon. Um, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan, but it's, it's sometimes it's nice just to watch somebody whose whole MO is let me talk about the thing I, I shouldn't say and see how far I can take it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you, you are a little bit like that. I feel, I feel like you've got that in you. You just bring up things, controversial subjects you'll talk about. Yeah, well, you know, when I was a kid, right, that was my whole thing is that was really how I got attention because I was a quiet kid, right? So I would just, I would just start, I just, I've always been a poker. I've always been a kid to annoy people. So that's probably part of it, right? If I got to yeah. dissect myself. Um, and I, sometimes I got to tone it down because I never tell you about the girl from NYU that I made no. run off. I think I, I never told you this story. Go on, tell me, tell me. Do you want, do you want me to tell you the story? Embarrass yourself on the podcast. It's gonna be, it's gonna be bad. Get out the, get out in the universe for everybody. I haven't. Oh man, these aren't even embarrassing stories. You want me to get into that sort of thing? No, this girl from NYU. So, okay, so I have this instinct to poke and prod, and I can kind of control it now, right? But I haven't always been able to, and sometimes I can't. For example, freshman year of, of college, like first month or two, we're all just hanging out. You know, we have dormant. I don't know what you guys do in Britain. You all just like drink tea and reside in mansions, like the abandoned abbeys of the Middle Ages, and, well, and so like I don't... In, in uni. When we're in uni, yeah, in uni, yeah, you guys like, you know, eat out of china pots. But in America, we live in dorms during university. We, we call it college. We live in dormitories, which are filthy, nasty, horrid dens of sin and iniquity mm-hmm. and wrongdoing, which we regret the rest of our lives. Um, but anyway, we. I was, first month or two in the dorms and there was this girl I knew a friend of mine on my floor we were all hanging out as a floor there are floors and buildings we have also buildings in America that go up past three floors and um so we, I was on floor 11 and this girl brought her friend from NYU which is on the other side of Manhattan and there was like a little rivalry between our school and NYU so anyway this girl brings her friend to the end of the hall yes espresso's almost done um She's like, hey, this is my friend. I'm like, hello, you go to a crap school. And I start, and all of a sudden, I just feel this brilliance just rising up. Like all these horrible things I can say about NYU. And it just, I'm not even thinking about it. Like it's the Holy Spirit is in my heart 
inspiring me. And I just start, I'm almost watching myself do it. Like, oh, you, like, yes, you, you race of inbred, inbred idiots. Oh, of course your parents pay for your university. Just, just coming out of the mouth. And I can see their faces as, like, begins with these huge grins. And, like, then, like, confused. And then these huge frowns. And it, it probably went on for, like, two minutes. Like, just 120 seconds. I couldn't stop. Like, like when you see yourself about to wreck your car or, like, you know, the approach of, of, of your, the love of your life. It was like that. And anyway, like their faces drop and I stop talking and they both just turn around and walk away. Don't say a thing. I didn't talk to the girl, I think, for three years. So anyway, so, so I do have an instinct to prod. Right. OK. And that was the first yeah. meeting, the first time you met this girl. Well, her friend, yeah, from NYU. And it just it just came out of me. It was just. You know, sometimes you try to think of ways to insult people when you can't really do a great job. And some sometimes you're just criticizing their dead ancestors down to the fifth generation. And, and why, why is that, Jacob? Why, why do you have the desire to do that? Well, you see, it all goes back to my mother. My <laughs> damn mother. <laughs> Neo-Nazi upbringing, I think you oh, about. No, I think that comes that comes from my uncles. Probably completely unironically, that completely comes from my uncle. I don't even think my uncles would deny it. It's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's probably us. <laughs> no, my uncles aren't even neo-Nazis. They're just mostly people who believe that the downfall of America is imminent. And along with that, the global order. And that we should all be ready at any moment for the complete catastrophic disintegration of society. Mm -hmm. um that no one or nothing can be like my my uncles are like trump people but they were trump people 20 years ahead of the time uh -huh. um yeah i mean really some some forward-thinking men so um yeah like i have <laughs> some forward-thinking men so you say you, forward agree. I mean, you agree with them oh well you know i can respect anybody who uh is ahead of their time right or wrong you know um but anyway these men so uh no, I have an uncle. I had an uncle. I don't want to divulge too much of my uncle's life, but yeah, they like got had a bunker and you know started like trying to like find a way to live outside of the economy. And if you don't mind, that that probably needs to be cut. <laughs> okay, that can be cut. Yeah, but the, but you're saying that you're a neo-Nazi. That can stay in. Yeah, I don't care about that. But the part yeah. where up to the point where I started telling you that my uncle has a room. I think as soon as somebody brings up an uncle and a sketchy room it just it just i'm just you know i'm thinking something else to be honest <laughs> oh thinking like what porn no you know is it not like common for you know people joke in england saying like, oh you know you're, you've got a dodgy uncle who you know rapes the little like children yeah um do i have any no i don't really have any child fucking uncles Neither do I, um, I should say. I mean, that's like a stereotype, right? But yeah. um, no, I think we've avoided that sort of thing in the Yurok slash Titan families. Um, is that how you say your yeah, last if anyone, name? If anyone's the dodgy mod, what? Is that how you say your last name? Yurok. Yurok. Oh, this, I have a go Jacob Yurok. Yurok. Oh, Yurok? Yeah, yeah, you would. You, you would say that. No, if anyone's dodgy, I'm probably the dodgy uncle.
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got not, and I am not an uncle you have to worry about, but I still, I, I can admit I have dodgy uncle energy. Yeah. It kind of be like, oh, yeah, this is Jacob. He's just, he's just being himself for a few years. He's in Macedonia. Just, that's oh, Jacob. I'm in Belgrade. I'm in Belgrade now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Back with the Serbs, with my favorite people, my favorite U.S. Uh, haters. That's my yeah. favorite nation of anti-NATO, anti-NATO persons. <laughs> do you want to actually talk about? Do you want to talk about? Do you want to get? This, do you want to, or do you want me to talk more about my dodgy side? I don't um, know. I mean, I can <laughs> see why you feel comfortable in Belgrade. If you talk, <laughs> <laughs> you try to tell me about like neo-Nazis and feel, you know your dodgy. Oh man! Hey, hey! Have some respect for the Serbs, man. I don't Serbs. be shit talking to Serbs like that. <laughs> Are you gonna, you gonna, you gotta get rid of that shit now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me getting cut out. I do have it now. I've got a Serbian mate. He's actually, he's actually sound as fuck. You know, he bought me. Yeah, you you went to Partisan and Red Star. Yep, really. There, I was there. Biggest fan. Great. I knew and some then I dudes got, that got. Oh, go ahead. Uh, then I got taken out for some food. You know, they put me in a car, drove me around town, dropped me off at a restaurant. It was nice. It was great. Yeah, I met some dudes that got the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. Yeah, on the street last night. Well, you know, they were going to have this big Euro Pride thing. They were going to have, okay. like, the gay Disneyland of Europe that meets once a year in Serbia. Because they thought they need to go. They really need to gay up Serbia. Which, maybe Serbia needs to be gayed a little bit. But <laughs> um, they've, I guess, before I got, because I was following the news about Kosovo. Because I was in Kosovo. I was like, oh, there's this license plate stuff. That's looking like it's fine. I guess, you know, don't have to worry about that. Wasn't thinking about the gays. Um, and they, sorry, that well. made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as one does, you know, yeah. um, how, how dare people have a sexual preference. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they were having huge protests for like the last couple of days in Serbia, I guess, because they were going to have this big convention next month. Um, and now Serbia says they won't allow it, but the group still says they're going to have it. And, you know, if, I think it's a privilege of the West where, you know, people come from these very comfortable Western countries where you can speak your mind and people aren't going to beat your ass um, or come from places where people are going to beat your ass. Aren't used to going to a place where like, hey, if people don't want you to say the thing that you're trying to say, there's a risk of having your ass beaten. So please, please have all these gay people descend upon the city of Belgrade in two weeks and see what happens. Like, I'm not supporting the violence, but I'm just like, if you don't think shit's gonna get wild then you're fucking stupid yeah but i mean if you said to some gay people and said you know if you go to belgrade and speak your mind you're gonna get your your ass beaten you know they might be going oh my ass is gonna get beaten hey not 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 every not every homosexual or bisexual is a sadist or a masochist you asshole you know (laughs) yeah no it's yeah Belgrade, Serbia is a strange place. I, I like it. I did enjoy it, but you know, there's some issues going on there. Strange energy. It's definitely the most modern, most developed of all the places I've been to in the Balkans. Mm. You know, I was, I was. There was a yen to get back because I knew any grocery store I'd go to, there'd be Coke Zero, and I can't yeah. live without Coke Zero. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, in in Kosovo, it's like there was one store in the entire city I was staying in that had Coke Zero. So every day I had to undertake a fucking pilgrimage. I had to like lay up supplies and like get like a bag of rice to sustain myself to walk across the town 
to get my Coke Zero. So I know I don't have to deal with that shit in Serbia. Which, I guess who you ask, Kosovo is Serbia, you know. Oh, oh um, yeah, yeah. That's so many terrible. Serbs and, you know, hey. You don't want to get your ass beaten, Jacob. Oh, maybe you do. I, hey, I have no opinions except what people want. I, you know, that's a, that's another thing. When, you, when you're when you a poker, when you're a prodder, you know, when you're a neo-Nazi NYU hater, um, you learn how far you can push people. And if, if you're self-conscious enough, you can re- you can you can get to the point where just where they're just about done with shit, and then you draw back. And then if you're really good, and it's the kind of person you understand, you can dissect them intellectually and psychologically and prod them. And then conversation becomes some kind of a masochistic game where you're toying with their psyche, and it's terrible. And I hate myself for doing it, but I do it. <laughs> when do you do this? Can you give me an example when you do this? Is what you oh, to me. Are you trying to fuck with me right now? You can tell I'm fucking with you a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, I know you're fucking with you. You just do it conversationally. I think it's part of what makes the podcast work. Mm-hmm. I think I know – and then I get self-reflective and then I let the you know focus come back to me. So then I kind of lower my voice and I get my eyes steady. And then I talk about how I am, which is you know, I, I do try to be open and self-reflective. So I don't try to be an asshole about it, but I definitely do have an instinct for um, – because it's, it's a much easier way than relating to people, honestly. If you just like turn into a psychological game, you don't have to worry about becoming vulnerable or, or losing control of the conversation. Which is, it's terrible. It's awful. So, you, so would you say scared of, of being vulnerable in a conversation? Oh, terrified. Who isn't? No. When, you're, when you don't have control of a situation, bad things can happen. You got to always have control. Don't let people in. Always have the upper hand. See, people in relationships, they think it's about, you know, talking and sharing your feelings and like, you know, honesty. No, it's about who has more power at any given moment. That's what love's about. Love is about power. <laughs> and that's why you love the um, neo-Nazi regime. Power, discipline, the white race. Do you think that's what they're about? The neo-Nazis? I, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. What are like, like I don't even. I mean, forgetting even the old Nazis, right? Because I can't talk to any of them. But like, yeah. what are really are is a neo? Do you guys even have neo Nazis in the UK? I don't know. I, I don't thing? know. I don't know what the difference is between a neo Nazi and a Nazi. Well, neo means new. They're like new Nazis, right? You know, you could like get the old Nazis from Goodwill, from the thrift store. You can get a new Nazi from Tesco. What's a new Nazi though? You know what I mean, is it just you know, is a new Nazi like someone who's like. I think, it's just a disgruntled, I think it's just a disgruntled fat white guy, isn't it? We, we've got a people call um, old white people, and people call them gammons. Gammons? Gammon. 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 Yeah, because they have like... Like the like the food? Yeah, yeah. So, cause, so it's basically like, so for example, younger people call them Brexit. Old Brexit voters, gammons. And it's like the they'll have pink face, a pink face because they're all the pub ah, drinking yeah. all day. So you call them a gammon. It's just because gammon's another word for pig, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, not to be confused with mammon. Mammon and gammon are two different things. There's an M and a G. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point. I haven't listened to your Brexit rant yet. I didn't realize you were such a hardcore anti-Brexiteer. I thought you might be a, a Brexit apologist. Um. I'm not. A, I'm not a Brexiteer. I didn't. I didn't vote for Brexit. I mean, I'm sad to see my boy Boris is gone. I miss <laughs> Boris already. The thing is, I think Boris, right? He is. 
he was quite funny. You know, I, I accept. It's like if you say to people, like, oh, Donald Trump's funny. Everyone's kind of like, whoa. You can't say that. It's like, no, 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 you can't. Like, he is a funny person. Like, yeah, he's also terrible. You know, like, I imagine everybody's cracked a few jokes. Just Boris is just, you know, he's a character. And it's like, you've seen him when he talks like about vegan sausage rolls. He goes, like, vegan sausage rolls. He just says stupid shit. But then... I, as like you know, politics wise, I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I don't. Fuck, I can't be asked moaning about moaning about um, Brexit and uh, Boris and whatever. I just feel you like know, I think <laughs> I don't want to, but I, I just feel like I want to say these fucking idiots who voted for Brexit. <laughs> Uh, it's made my life fucking over the youth of the country it's made my life fucking so annoying you know Uh, it's like you know I've I've got a we're a third world country now in Europe like the fucking Americans like you Americans having to get all these visas and shit I I, you know if I have to read one more British fucking publication (laughs) talk about the UK as a third world country I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna shoot a hole in a Union Jack I don't give a fuck I'm because you guys have media like the U.S. has media, yeah. which like the rest of the world doesn't. The rest of the world is like a responsible, for the most part, purveyor of media, where it's like, hey, there was this thing and it happened, right? And UK and America media is like, somebody died by a lightning strike. Should we get rid of all the trees? <laughs> and so I just, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've read in the last t- couple weeks of like, is the UK becoming a third world country? Like, yeah, bitch, yeah, have yeah. you been to Macedonia? Give me a break. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, what I meant by that was uh, based on fucking uh, visa requirements. I know, I hear you, I hear you. Well, no, yeah, obviously, we're not a third world country. There's things that are going wrong here. Um, Energy and, prices? Yeah. I mean, have you guys been having power cuts? We've Because we've been having power cuts in the Balkans. No, pa- no power cuts. Uh, it's just everything's yeah. going up. Well, apparently, it's like the energy caps going up. It was like four thousand one week. Now it's five thousand. Then it was six thousand. Now it's like seven thousand seven hundred pound a year or something. But it's so much stuff coming out. Like this is happening. This is happening. I think when you talk about like the media being similar here compared to um, America, it's quite similar compared to the rest Actor of the world. Actor dot is a lupus. Yeah, it's like we. Yeah. It's, it's like energy crisis. Oh, this is going on. It's like you don't even know. I don't. You don't even know what's going on. Like it's just most important election of our generation every fucking year. Um, dude, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of pissing me off because it'd be like, hey, it's nine a.m. Oh, I guess the power's off. Oh, it came back on in four hours. That's nice. <laughs> but yeah, they're definitely dealing with that shit in the Balkans, dude. Um. Yeah, definitely. That's not happening here. I'd say there's no uh, power cuts. It's power just, cuts. it's just the energy cap is just going up to the amount of people paying per year. Yeah, boring adult stuff, you know. No, but I guess to get back to where we started with the neo Nazis, um, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's it's like everything, right? Where it's disgrunt, you know. You you're bigger if you make yourself a boogeyman. Like the big, I think the easiest way to make yourself big and scary is to borrow someone else's light and then cast a big shadow. So I think most of, like, neo-Nazis are probably just, like, fat dudes who play too much Fortnite, but that, like, adopt this label and these words that make them scarier in the eyes of other people because they need to compensate for some perceived lack of power or influence. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, ideas matter, right? And words matter because you get enough people, for example, saying an election is fraudulent. Pretty soon you have half a country believing that a democratic system is actually not operational. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it matters. But I guess, um, I don't know. I think, I, and you know, I think maybe that's something that Britain doesn't have, right? Is this, if there is a kind of hysteria in the media, we, America has this kind of political hysteria too, where it's like, but is the right threatening to steal all your children and burn them at the altar of Trump? You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's probably not, it's not that bad. You know what I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about? Um, how strange Jordan Peterson's gone. Have you noticed? Oh, this? dude, I was hoping we were going to talk about that. <laughs> dude, <laughs> he's dude gone, has taken dude. the rocket ship to crazy town. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Fucking Up yours, woke moralists. Yeah, makes you question your entire my entire fanhood of him. Mm. Makes me makes me question ever ever respecting the man. Yeah, definitely. Cause he's <laughs> gone down. He's gone down the whole like. I, I just the stuff he's talking about. Like the thing is, then I'm you know I'm I'm looking back and I'm like I had some friends who were like oh he's he's a sexist or whatever saying this stuff and I was like was I like mind controlled by him in the past you know was I like falling <laughs> under this this John Peterson propaganda where he was like clean your room but in reality he just just like hate the transgender people you know it's like what was actually going on and then. Because I don't, I don't agree with all that shit. Like, I respect it. It's like just general advice, which he comes out with. Look, if you want to lop off your dick, be my guest. Yeah, just, I think if some people want to do that, I think it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't really. Affect I mean, me make the world a better all. place. Get rid of that male aggression. Yeah, I don't. Really Women don't want about, that. I don't give a fuck about it. You know, it's just like how does it affect us? Really, how does it affect um, you know, what someone else is doing? Yeah. Do you want me to respond, or do you want? Um, yeah. So. I think people originally had this problem. I mean, first of all, great comedic content. Like the man, it's been hilarious. Yeah. It's been, I saw some, I saw one meme that was like, these two girls are forced to use one cup due to the ravages of socialism. And it's like the crying Peterson face. Cause you know, the two girls, one cup. <laughs> and I also feel bad too, because like, if I were starting to go that way, like would I want people to make fun of me, like, for all I might in my fifties, in my status as a revered public intellectual, public intellectual, creepy uncle, neo Nazi, and woman hater, um, I might go down the rabbit hole of just you know going up yours woke moralists, but I hope not. But so I hope people, I don't want to be too cruel to the guy because um, you know, do unto others as you would like have done to you. I think a lot of the initial pushback against JP was that people believed that he was um, he was like he was just another right winger mm-hmm. with an intellectual veneer. So I think what you said, right, is that he's coming in with this like, you know, self beneficial message, but really he's just another transgender hater. And people mm-hmm. love him because of the anti transgender stuff. And even if he's giving like his anti transgenderness like an intellectual um attribute because he's talking about like he doesn't want to be be forced to use compelled speech it's really just anti-transgender stuff um and i don't think that's necessarily true i think the man had a coherent philosophy and i think that um one can like disagree with certain attributes of things in the culture but not necessarily therefore become part of the caricature of the far right or far left wing thing you hate um 
you know, if you, if you ask me, I think part of it's probably a conscious pivot to the right, right? And that in mm-hmm. some sense, the right seemed to like him better than the left. So, you know, it's it may be something like what Ben Shapiro did um, in the early days of Trump, where you realize where your audience is going and you just make a harder pivot yeah. that way politically. Um, I think, you know, part of it probably, too, is the man doesn't seem capable of admitting that he's sick. Yeah. Like, you know, I've had ang- I had anxiety. I have panic attacks. I have you know, issues. And I, I mean, you got to admit to yourself that you're ha- like, you can come up with some convoluted reason why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And like some, you can blame it on your diet or you can blame it on this, that, and the other thing, which maybe you should fix these things in your life. But you know, you have to admit that like, maybe you're just a little bit mentally unwell as well. And you have to come to terms with that and live with that. And the man doesn't seem capable of admitting to um, himself. Um, he doesn't seem capable of admitting to himself that like he had a mental breakdown and like the pressures of life are a little much for him. And he, he just, to me, that's his biggest fault flaw. Yeah. I don't know where you come out with the whole thing. I, I've just been like, well, cause I, I'd see people put on like anti-work. I'll just show my like, subreddits and people like, slagging you gotta stay off. Fast. Dude, Reddit, Reddit is a cesspool of filth, dude. I gotta, that place has become, Nothing but just like politicized doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, keep going. You're you're any work. Yeah, and... yeah. So then I was like, I got I got sucked into that anti work stuff, and I was like, I thought this is a good movement. This, and then you know, someone does a Fox News interview, and it's like, oh my god, how is this even? Yeah, I heard about really? that. Did you see that? It was some person who just absolutely bombed on a Fox News I don't... interview. But then I, I think just... the. the f- no, I just think the, the less time I spend giving my eyes to Reddit virgins, the better. But anyway, mm. keep going. Yeah. But the, so what I liked about it is people were talking about like real issues that they had, you know, where like wages hadn't increased, but the cost of livings have increased over the years. You know, issues, normal left wing issues that you'd be talking about. But then it gets represented by someone who just doesn't even bring that up. He just says like having to work. He's a virtue or something, and it was just like, oh my god, this is embarrassing. This is so embarrassing to watch. Um, but where I was going with this is like on that, like, yeah, as you said, where it's Reddit's more of a political thing now. There'd be like people talking on it, where like, oh, John Peterson this, John Peterson that. But this was before he was doing his like YouTube prayer videos and just you know getting really strange stuff out there that prayer video was kind of the turning point wasn't it because it seemed yeah. like with the with the podcast he was he had kind of like the the first episodes when he came back where they were coherent they weren't too bad and then when that prayer i think i even did we send that to each other <laughs> we just spoke yeah. about like, what the fuck we did we talked yeah. about it. we were like yeah something this is not <laughs> this is not good <laughs> yeah so then it's like so then i feel like because i'm looking at any of these reddit things and people are putting like our oh, uh He's a right winger and all this stuff. Then I'm like, have I just been? Have I? That's why I was. Have I just been like brainwashed? Have I just been stupid for the past few years when I've been like quoting him and just ignoring the signs? Like I feel like going back and watching like the uh, interviews, like the GQ interview, I think he did or something, where he was talking about women wearing makeup, and I'm like, you know, the way he defended himself was like the way it was edited, but then at the same time, it was like, have I just? You kind of thought that this person's really smart, and I'm like accepting what he's saying and not being able to critic critique. But if you're going to deny that attractiveness has a sexual component, then you're a fucking fool. And like you, do, I mean, 
I mean, I think anyone who's disagreeing with that feels compelled to disagree with it because they want to disagree with what they think he represents. But like, I mean, and you want to like attractiveness has a set. Not only like if you want to attract a potential partner, you want to be attractive in a lot of ways, not just physically too. You want to be engaging. You want to be dynamic. So I think like that point in itself, take it in, you know, I can see why people who are like anti-woman or who are like few men as a, you know, have a certain view of gender relations, why they like him, because that viewpoint does fit into a philosophy where like, oh, women should stop being so slutty. They should wear their long sweaters and, and bake me cookies, you know, but like, just because it fits into that, you know, it doesn't make the point any less valid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that the, I also mean, the white issue people, you would get, go on. No, I mean, I, I, Europeans tend to be taller than Asians, but it doesn't mean that I'm a white supremacist or a European supremacist, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't think a good idea is ipso facto polluted by its ability or by its existence in a bad philosophy. I, I don't understand that. <laughs> it's like you know when, when somebody when somebody you disagree with says something smart yeah. you should recognize that what they said is correct and intelligent you shouldn't just disregard yeah. everything someone says because you don't like them yeah yeah i get what you mean yeah okay fair enough it's like what me and my friends will talk about the other day so we were similar to america as like we've got the conservatives and the labor party so sometimes it's fine to accept that okay i'm i'm not conservative voter but i can accept that well you know what that was all right when they did that that was all right um you know it's just like accept being an adult about it rather than being so one-sided with your thoughts and being uh confided to one team uh but i was gonna say something i've completely gone oh yeah so one of the things i heard about john peterson was the videos you'd watch it's like the titles would be like John Peterson destroys feminism in yeah. And then you start thinking like, you know, that does tend to lean towards a certain type of audience. It doesn't matter. Like the, uh, the content in the video, some people don't get past that. Some people just see that and it's like, Oh yeah, I agree with John. Maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But then it's like there's also a guy, you know, you know, Russell Brand. You know Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a fucking wanker. Yeah, well, I used to I used to like him years ago because he used to do this thing called the Trues, and it was like true news, and it was very left left wing uh, approach, and he'd have um, not fights, but like verbal fights with Sean Hannity. Is that his name? The Fox News guy, and he would like wind yeah. him up, and then he made this little cafe where it was like homeless people were working there, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I could support that. That's quite nice. That's, that's all right. And then just recently over the past year, he's been going on about COVID and stuff. And like, you just watch the titles and, and um, uh, thumbnails just get weirder and weirder. And it's like, it's all been a scam. And it's like in the, in the title, it's like Bill Gates flame behind him, Pfizer logo, AstraZeneca logo. And it's like, you know, okay, you can when he when he opens his video, he starts talking about like spirituality and all this shit. But it seems like he's just hiding his, he's either hiding a political view behind that, or he's just making them videos to get people to click onto his content to make money. It's like that's what he's coming across as now. I've never been a big Russell Brand guy. I tried. Mm-hmm. I even tried like like 
years ago, six years ago or something, like 2016 or 2018. And it, I I never thought there was much there there. So maybe I can't truly relate. But, you know, I mean, like Joe Rogan, right? Like the yeah. man can't fucking shut up about comedians murdering or about mm. COVID-19. Like it just seems like some people have got, there's people on the internet, right, who just can't seem to talk about anything else. They just can't let the shit go. Yeah. That's that's the weird thing, right? It's just like people. I don't know. I don't, you know, it's like. You know, we know that the U.S. government had a coherent and calculated plan to torture prisoners of war during the invasion of Iraq. Mm-hmm. And we sent soldiers to black sites all over the world. And we did it in the name of protecting our country. That was a bad thing we know a lot about, and no one's really been held accountable societally or worldwide for the existence of such a thing. Like, it's almost like we can't even come to grasp with the evils we know exist. We have to, like, it's like, why don't, you know, we have to talk about some evil that we that we need to make up. Like, it's almost like people don't want to come to grasp with truth or with an evil that that we know things about they want to like get the dirt on they, they like feel like something's being hidden but like mm-hmm. there's plenty of evil to wrestle with and plenty of of things to think about and worry about and make sense of that we have all the facts about so like whether it was from a lab like what the fuck does it really even matter to to the discourse right like we know it's possibly from a lab mm-hmm. so that's like probably a conversation we should have about like how are we handling um laboratory based investigation of disease Mm -hmm. but like you know know, but you know that also like the people who say that so this is a good thing right you do have to be careful um i'm gonna make sense of this whole thing it's because i feel like with jordan peterson the thing i liked about him is it seemed like he really believed what he was saying like it wasn't like things he was saying because he was like shilling a bigger philosophy that had different more insinuating worse points Mm -hmm. but when somebody talks about like the lab leak theory are they really interested in like the ramifications of modern science no a lot of that comes to resentment and fear of china which Mm -hmm. is manifesting itself in a desire to prove that china did something really bad because we should be afraid and scared of china like that's there is a kind of thinking and a kind of subject matter which is indicative and really presupposes a a more insidious way of thinking so I think you have to be careful of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just – I'm just trying to stay away from most of it to be honest. Like today I was worthless. Today I was just like I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to like gorge myself on Reddit and YouTube. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I've just been staying away from it because I don't even know that it – I'm not even really getting anything out of it. All, all, I used to get a lot of stuff out of those YouTube guys, right? The Joe Rogans, the J- Jordan Petersons the bill burrs i don't even get anything out of it anymore maybe i'm getting old older no i think i should probably come close to the mic i think that maybe i'm a little bit the same i go through stages where like at the moment i'm enjoying just watching norm mcdonald he's just there's no there's no the controversial points are just funny it's not like he's making like like an actual point it's just he's saying things as a joke to make people laugh whereas a lot of times like you watch joe rogan and he's talking about like video games he's like putting across some like oh yeah uh, hardcore point or maybe he's talking about like young people now not wanting to work as much and it's just kind of like 
Come on, I'm not asked. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't pull me as much. And I think there's just also there's just so much content out there to watch, and it's like. How what do you, what do you engage in? Sometimes it's just like oh, I can't even be bothered watching anything. Yeah, and when I feel I don't know how you feel, but I do feel an obligation to not just be like another young white male. Do we need to move? Yes. Yes, that's fine. Right. No, you're fine. Absolutely, you're perfect. Um, this guy's cutting a tree. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. That's fine. Thank you. No, no worries. He sound, is he English or something? Um, is he apologizing so much? <laughs> I don't know. Probably because he feels like we're, well, we are doing work. Yeah. I do feel an obligation as someone who makes stuff. I think someone who makes stuff generally, right, in anything I make. I, I don't want to just, even if it's going to drive views. I mean, I think we can sit here and argue whether Russell Brand, that's his name, right? Yeah. The wanker. Um, I can't. I can't say that word. I really want to be able to say that word right because I love it, but I can't wanker. do it. Wanker. I can't. I can't fucking get it out right. Um, but anyway, I. I feel an obligation, whether it's in the writing, in the music, in the podcasting. I want to contribute something different and original, and covering unique subject matter from the discourse at large. Like mm-hmm. I don't want there to be like thing in the news that like Joe Rogan is talking about. And then in my own produced content, I'm basically riffing on a variation of what I've heard other people say. Yeah. Like I think, in, I think in both how you approach things and the sort of thing you're kind of trying to make and the aesthetic of it and, and you know, the way you talk about it, I think you can do things. I think that's the real question. I think that's the real thing is because sometimes you talk to people, right. And they're just parroting stuff you've read somewhere on the internet or you heard in a podcast somewhere. Uh-huh. And like, that doesn't, I, I, that's hard work. It's hard work trying to do something different, original, contribute something new to the conversation. And I think really, but that's where you've got to add value, right? You've got to try to find a way to do something different. But and, and like what you said, the Russell brand, I mean, we could, maybe you and I should pivot to that. We should just pivot to like hardcore anti-China, like fear mongering about pharmaceutical companies. We sure could. You know, and I can like pass myself off as a public intellectual and I can give like intellectual glosses for anti-feminism and I'm sure I would have lots of viewers, you know, as long as I'm parroting back what people already want to hear. Mm-hmm. But um, I, don't, I don't think that's ethical. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel obliged to. I think it's more just like that's what I'd want to do. I can make just I, I don't know. I don't really have a particular goal with a po- with the podcast. I just. I've just always wanted to do a podcast. I like it. It's fun. And then I think, like, it's kind of the goal has come from, like, actually doing it. I'm like, oh, actually, I like doing this. Maybe it's a way of, like, documenting my life, speaking to people. How do I What's supposed them? to be about your sobriety at the start? I know, which... yes. So it's like, it's it's like when I started it, it was like, oh, I'll do it because, you know, I'll do, I'm doing this sober thing. And then I thought, yeah. like, yeah, I'm actually doing it because I want to start a podcast. I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to start a podcast. And I guess maybe I was a little bit, shy to just be like i want to just do a podcast so i'm going to use something as uh the the like oh but i'm doing it for this i'm actually doing it for this but realistically i just i like i like want to always want to because you're not one of those dudes who's who's made your non-consumption of alcohol your personality there are people like that who are like i do yoga that's who i am 
yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. or some shit like that. And yeah, it's not really you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't keep it as is, but it's just, uh, you know, I think good content, good content is its own justification. You know, a good mm-hmm. conversation is its own, is its own reward, right? Like it's like when, you know, when, when people, this is a little bit off the topic, but when people, is, is there a lot of background noise for me? Nope. Not too bad. Okay, good. Um, when people talk about like, what's your meaning to life? Like a life lived worthwhelely, a worthwhelely lived life. I'm not, I'm not a words guy, but, um, a, a worthwhile life is its own justification. Like when you're really living life, you don't ever stop to ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think like in some sense, like good things, like a good book, a good movie, good music, you're never asking yourself like, why am I listening to this? You're not forcing yourself to do it. Like you're engaged with it mm-hmm. and it's its own justification. Like you can later on in the fact, like later on come up with some reason why it's great, try to dissect what makes it great, et cetera, et cetera. But good stuff is like a, a good life and that it, it's its own reason for existing. So there's no reason why you shouldn't try to be the next Bill Burr. You love Bill Burr. You love podcasts. You love YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Why not do it yourself? Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel yeah. like you feel like you got to have a reason. Like you wish there was a bigger, like, you know, like God spoke to you on the mountain and said, no. Edward, thou shalt podcast. <laughs> and he, he kneeled down and he gave me a headset and a microphone and a laptop. It was the, 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 the burning headset, <laughs> but it wasn't consumed. Um, yeah. I mean, that was the original thing. And then I don't like, I, I, you spoke before about like, not drink. I've not made not drinking my whole personality. It's like because I don't actually, I don't want to talk about it a lot of times when people like go like, oh, so you don't drink, and like they'll push on it. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't drink. I don't really want to speak about it. But then, I guess with the podcast, it's made it like it looks like if you got the show podcast, people are gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be just about like talking about being teetotal and whatever. But then now I'm like, well, actually, I want that to kind of deceive people, so they click on it, and I'm talking with just to kind of document in my life but then maybe i feel like i have to change the name of it and just put like the edward hall soul podcast that could be the could be the uh, change but i don't know i don't know i don't see it as that big of a deal there's a musician i really like his the guy's name is bill oldham one guy and mm-hmm. he's released music under about 15 different monikers um, which has probably contributed somewhat to his lack of notoriety mm-hmm. Um, his most famous moniker is Bonnie Prince Billy. So there's a danger. I mean, there's also an appeal to that too, is that you're never tied to one identity mm-hmm. because, you know, a name accumulates its own history and, and in a way you do feel bound by that. Right. Um, and adopting a new name for a thing is a way to, to escape that to an extent. Right. But I don't know. You're much more chill about the center price than I am, which kudos to you. Yeah. I mean, I, tr- I've, I've started taking it a bit more seriously. When, when I went on your podcast, you know, when you had a, a mic set up and stuff, I was like, oh, this guy, this guy knows shit. You know, he's got his mics and stuff. And then I was like, you know, I should probably, I should probably just put a bit more effort in. And I, I am, I am a lazy boy. I know I am. A, if I want to slack off, I'm going to slack off. And then you just start getting more engaged with it. And actually I enjoy, enjoy trying to make it a bit more engaging. Um, well, my recent podcast has done really well. I'm very happy about it. Um, it's probably the most effort I've put in uh, in regards to like recording, uh, editing, and it ended up like downloads wise. I did, I know it's not right to be oh 
well, that really doubt was going to get or whatever. But I, no, I you I care about it. You you care about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I did it three weeks ago or something. I'm on like 82 downloads for that episode. I was like, I'm happy with that. That's pretty good. Damn. Yeah. That's Damn. Pretty, yeah. That's pretty good. Like, that's nice. That's nice. I know that's, you're that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. It's, it's lovely. Um, And then, yeah. like, over the year, I'm at like. 650 downloads I'm like I like that it's just it's, you know it's a decent number but I, again I don't want to kind of get sucked in to just looking at downloads but at the same time it's, it's it is a bit of a motivator to see that people are actually listening to what you do yeah sometimes I check on my streaming numbers and stuff on anything I do and then I just have to stop because I just know that it's like revisiting old material that you've abandoned it's just yeah. it's it starts off feeling great but then it ends up being this rabbit hole where you know just a really bad feeling is at the as at the end of it, where it's you just start like why isn't it more? Why isn't there more people? Why isn't it from a farther way? Why isn't should I do this? Do I what? Do I need to tweak that? Do I need to change? And then you just you never. You, I mean, I've I like I told you when we talked last. It's like I've just adopted the new thing. Like there's some things that are abandoned. Like then gets to a point where it's just okay. That's what it's going to be for the rest of history. It's imperfect. It's not. It's not a perfect, beautiful thing I had hoped it be, but it, it's not worth. It's not so bad. It should be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So you know, if it's it's not going to be destroyed, but it's not perfect. So it's just going to continue to exist, and that's really hard for me. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, podcasting is by is in itself pretty disposable, right? So that's part of the enterprise is that it should just be it's supposed to be people spitting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you want to make it funny or engaging somehow, because I don't know, but I, you know, I don't know how to capture the lightning in the bottle. I, I think with podcasting, you just got to do it, and some of them are good, and some of them are shit. Yeah, and yeah. you just you can't help it. I don't yeah. know how I don't know how to beat it. Yeah, you just I think you can't control it. It's a, so it's, once it's out there, it kind of just does its own thing. People listen to it, don't listen to it. Do you ever cool. worry you're going to regret this? Like in ten years, you're going to be like regret having done this and having so much of yourself online. Um, the only time when I felt a bit paranoid about it was when I was applying for this job and I had to do a background check and I was like, Oh, I've got an episode. I was like, it just says LSD and it's just me talking into a camera about taking LSD. And I was like, Oh my God, why have I done that? And then I was, but it was more of like, I, I, I my personal belief is that you should have conversations about anything. And I, you know, I've done something. I believe it's benefited me and I've spoken about my experience with that drug now obviously and also know people who've taken lsd who've gone off the rails and ended up in a, uh, a psychotic ward now yeah that is something that happened but i think that I, that was once i reflected on it i feel like that was me like questioning my relationship that i have with uh, the working world because i think that i've got when it comes to work a bit of like a conservative viewpoint like drilled into me and that was probably from my last jobs i've had i've always been like you need to turn up on time you need to be this you need to act professionally and stuff um so i was a bit like oh i've got to go see this podcast but then so i had a bit of conflict going on in my mind like oh should i do this and then what well, all i did was hide the podcast from for example my instagram from my bio just in case they checked it but then what well, again in the interview my manager asked me about it and he was talking to me about, oh, so you do a podcast, that's interesting. Man. So he was engaged with it. But I think that maybe just I had a little bit of anxiety or a bit of paranoia coming up when it got uh, brought up. 
Yeah. No, I, I, well, you can keep going too. I'm just shifting because this poor girl shouldn't have to be in our podcast. <laughs> you can ask her if she wants to join in, but I don't yeah, think she Hey, will. do you want your face to be all over the internet? No, it, I mean, heck, it's something I think about it quite a bit. Um, mm. No, I mean, especially because I'm, I'm not, I don't know that, I, I mean, I'm shy, yes, but I'm just, I'm mortified, yeah. um, especially with the writing. Or the music, but the more, even the writing more so than the music. I think it's it's to put it up. It's mortifying. Um, yeah. Do you think and like, I don't? What about the podcast? Do you feel like not? When I started doing it, I was like, oh my god, and then I've just been more like, ah, fuck it, get it on there. I don't care. I'm more. I'd personally, I reckon I've released a song. Oh my god, I would. It would, it would, I would be feeling how you felt the other day when we were when we were talking. I'd be like, oh my god, because it's more of a personal part of like, I take it more, I just take it that more personally. Yeah, it's hmm. With the podcast, you know, I think because even from the very first episode we ever did, mm-hmm. people loved it. You know, it's been something more or less. I mean, there's some instances where people have been like, Jacob, what the fuck was... I think episode six, especially. <laughs> five and six. Even though I'm really proud of five. Five, yeah. I was I was given this just like off-the-cuff analysis of the Trump presidency, and I fucking nailed it. Like, I go back and listen to that sometimes and be like, I just... I got that right. So I'm really happy with five. Six, it was this sort of like... Because I had done, you know, because it was originally kind of supposed to be this, like, me and my cousin thing. And Mm -hmm. then, well, my cousin's not involved. I want to do this. Where should this go? And and so I was, like, I was just off the cuff of it. And then six is just, like, okay, I'm going to, like, give this take on, like, some of my frustrations with the university system and with people's prepositions um, Mm -hmm. of their religion. But I'm just going to do it in this, like, weird... Sometimes shouting, sometimes whispering thing. And, um, but that one, I'm not even, that one's probably the closest I've come to being like, man, should I take that down? But I'm not even unhappy with that episode or like, I thought, I thought, you know, like life is an experiment. I want to be experimenting with the form. And so, um, I think if ever I've been tempted to take things down, it's been because, you worry what people might say or think about them. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, if I really do feel like something is not of, if it's, it's a waste of somebody's time, I delete it. I throw it away. I, I, I don't want what I do to be a, an exercise in vanity. So if mm-hmm. it's something I think is not worth somebody's time, I, I get rid of it. Um, okay. I think the harder thing is like, sometimes you feel like something is worth somebody's time or there's somebody out there that there's an audience this, for this, that this is for. But um, it's also like, you know that most people who come across that are going to feel a certain way about it. Mm. And then there's also on top of that, there's probably the employment aspect. We're like, I have a track called Keith moon where I talk about beating women and burning down a village. It's obviously not serious because Mm. I also talk about selling drugs in the trap and eating Fritos. So Mm. it's like anybody who who listens to that is like, this is just fucking 45 seconds of nonsense. Yeah. That one, that one is more mortifying for the sake of like, potential employer listens to that like <laughs> this dude is not working for me but yeah. i would say that, uh, yeah yeah I, I think that just this is where i have like my conflict of beliefs because i just think like oh he's asked you know like why would why what, what kind of made me 
changed my perspective on it. I was thinking like, you know, they're probably very busy. And if they're going to sit and listen to a whole podcast of me talking about my experience with acid, then fair enough, I get another download. <laughs> I said, well, fair enough, that's the way I'll see it. <laughs> download a podcast, listen to it. That's the way I'll see it. And, you know, if they're going to judge me for that, judge me. But I think a lot of people, probably, you know, that, that person who might be judging you, they've probably done some weird ass shit in the past. I don't even think what I did was a weird thing to do. It was just me talking about it. It's just maybe they aren't as vocal about it. Not many people will talk about a negative experience or any experience that they've had in life because they might feel uncomfortable putting the voice out there. So I think this is probably just what happens when you do something that's like create creative or just anything that's putting your face out there online. You're going to have these feelings of like, Oh my God, is this the right thing to do? Well, you talked about me being a poker, right? So it's like at the start, mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, at least for me, I don't know about for you. You're like the personal part of you out there too. But I also have this instinct where I just want to sometimes just see how far I can fucking take things. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm also, you know, like we were talking about, I'm also mortified anytime things of mine exist. So I'm, I'm writing something and then I'm making something that I feel like is just taking it out there a little further. And then I look back toward the shore and like, Oh, I'm really far out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, you know, cause I don't want, I want to talk about everything. I want to approach everything from an intellectual standpoint. I mean, part of, I, part of, I just got, I just, can't exist without getting things off my chest yeah like i think i'm just inherently a very open person too um i think the hardest thing for me i think the hardest thing for me is that if i i think and this is why the podcast bothers me less Mm -hmm. okay i have um some stories i've written about like closeted people sexually mostly about like homosexuality but some other things too and I've never fucked a dude. I'm not really interested in fucking dudes. Sometimes, sometimes I thought like maybe it'd be a lot easier than fucking women, but like for all intents and purposes, I'm not going gay anytime soon. Um, but it's like, I'm, I think it's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, because it's like, I come from a very conservative part of the country. So it's like the one topic I can use to kind of get at people's insecurities and like kind of use to stir up shit. And two, for whatever reason, I just find it interesting because I've had friends who have had that journey and I think it's it's worthwhile. Um, I can sit here in this conversation. And I can frame my relationship to that issue. I have control, first of all, in the how I frame that, my relationship to the issue. And two, I can give my honest relationship to that issue. I've never felt like my honest position on something is indefensible. But when I'm making something in art, like people can take that however they want. And they have. And, and fine for that. Um, but it's one of these things where like that's the frustrating part is that when somebody doesn't engage with things you make, not as an intellectual property, but when they don't engage with things you make um, as like a work, when they're not like, okay, this is what this is. And let me engage with it and have a critical opinion. When they try to use like your, your art as a lens to your own psyche, Mm -hmm. which is that, that really fucking makes me lose sleep. Because I'm just trying to make the wackiest shit I can. Like if I have a song where I'm I'm burning down a village and selling drugs in the trap, it doesn't mean I'm a drug dealer. If I have a story where like a dude fucks a dude, it doesn't mean I'm out here fucking dudes. Not there's anything wrong with that. But, 
you know, it's just that is frustrating. That that that's the thing to me that just makes me want to be like, but you know me. You know me in real life. You know the kind of person I am. So like like why in the fuck do you feel like you have to take the things I make to get to know me better? That that's and it, you say you don't even have to deal with that aspect of it because you're just doing the podcast. But when you put out music, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to write a song about murdering a woman. Not saying you're gonna you might run and write the sequel to Kim. Not yeah. saying you would, but then your girlfriend's going to listen to that and she's going to probably, and maybe rightfully so, wonder if you want to kill her or something, <laughs> but you know, and that's, that's a hard thing to have in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's like, Long rant. That's yeah, hard. But you That's know, really hard. People do it. People are, that's what, you know, why people idolize artists and stuff. It's like, oh, you know, oh, Kanye West took this photo and put it on his Instagram. It's like, there's a reason that's popular. And I think that's because people like the idea of the person. And it's like what they put out there is like representing their image and people will identify with that image. And, you know, it's like, oh, that's potentially why they like them. Now, I think if you're more critical of it, it's kind of like you can just like what somebody produces and you don't have to think that, Oh, they're producing. I don't know. They're making good music, but they're also having a stance which I agree with. Um, yeah, I was going somewhere with that then, but I, I don't know where. I, I don't know how to kind of. Re- no, it's fine. Together. It's I, I, and I think it's different, right? Because like, if let's talk, let's keep it with Kanye, right? Yeah. You know the song "Runaway." Yeah. You know, I sent this I sent this bitch a picture of my dick. For you and me, listening to that, we're like, oh, I love this song. This is a really raw emotional song. Kanye has, I don't know if he has a sister. He certainly has a mother, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure Kanye's mother listens to that and just like wants to cry probably, right? So you can't deny, or if Kanye has a girlfriend, it's like, hey, you have all these songs about fucking porn stars. Yeah. And it's like, um, I, you, know, you respect an artist for pushing a boundary, but it's like the artist also has a personal life that they've <laughs> got to like reconcile that shit with. And yeah. that's fucking hard. That's I, I still haven't found a good way to do it, except to just like shut my eyes, close my ears, and and go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I've noticed just people don't really bring up like my sister would take the piss out of me like when I was in a podcast with me mate in my room or something. She'd be like, "Oh, you know, your podcast is no listeners." Shut up, nothing. <laughs> but then now, now there's no one. No one, no one mentions it, or maybe randomly. no one gives a fuck, right? Yeah, it's no one gives a shit, and I think that's why he's. I've probably just accepted that. No one fucking cares. <laughs> and if someone does, if someone does listen to it and they interact with you, it's, it's good. You know, I've I've told you probably in the past, nice interactions I've had with people where they've brought it up and they've listened to it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I'm actually surprised someone's genuinely listened to it, and it's not just random downloads that are automated. I don't know. It's just like, oh, cool. Um, and then. Actually, the the only feedback I got when you were on the podcast was someone laughing and about when we started talking about neo Nazis and saying that, <laughs> saying that your neighbors got neo Nazis in the basement. And it's just like, oh, you listen to it, nice, cool. So that's all. That's all I can. Yeah, I, I, think. I think maybe too. I just get a lot of. If when I put stuff out, the comment, the comments I get is like, there's a certain kind of comment I want. I want someone to have like consumed it and come up with their own like react, like honest reaction to it. Like I want to, to engage with it on a personal level. Um, I don't want to like, like, should I make is not a puzzle. It's not like an art project. It's just like, 
you like it, you don't like it. If you liked it, did you engage with it? What do you think? That's what I would love to get from people. I think maybe I, and I just maybe, cause I, I was talking to some dude here at this hostel. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I have this ex. He's a, he's a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm reading some of his stuff. He's fine. He's an up and comer. He's a little younger than me. He'll get there. Um, I got to You know, writers have this thing where we got to shit on anybody else we think is within our league. Yeah. Um, but it's like, he has got a professor that's supportive of him. His mom reads his shit. She loves it. And I'm just like, dude, that's miles away from my experience with my writing. Mm-hmm. We're like, it's just, um, I think I, I got to maybe find a better a way to surround myself with people who believe in me more. Maybe that's my problem too. Yeah, well, well, I was going to say, do you want to talk about this? We talk about this. Oh, oh I, I, dude, so. I talk about what the fuck. I, I mean, if we're getting the neo-Nazis, we're getting into my deepest insecurities <laughs> as well. I'm, dude, this is people, you said people love the story. So let's yeah. just, let's just take the heart and carve it and put it on the dinner plate. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, so all I was going to say is because no. Because well, look, here's the, once you once you've made good feminist, once you've made Keith Moon, you you can't go any. This is something I've been realizing too. Is I don't think there's any further for me to go. Yeah. Like, there's not much further in like out in space. My shit can go. Like, I think we had a we had a we had a a podcast. You, me, and uh, Raphael about yeah. like prostitutes and and like when do women start getting attractive and like God. Like, and I had a song, you know, I had a deliberately like atonal album. Like, I just don't feel like there's much, I feel like I'm starting to come back to earth a little bit. I just, I've got to start bringing it back into the, I just, I, I don't know how much further to take it. Um, but anyway, you were going, you were going. Let's go. Let's get into it. I'm lost now. I'm thinking about. No, you're fine. I, I have this effect on people. Um, you were saying you want to get into it, like with the family and like people being supportive of what you do. Well, no, it's just because you mentioned like the guy, um, his the other writer, his mum reads his work and stuff. Then I was talking to you about your mum listening to your music or the girl, and you know, it's like I said. So I was what I was saying to you was I thought that the, like the feedback he was getting was potentially from the incorrect people it's like I, my example i'll give you was me showing my mom like a seven minute neo psychedelic rock song and she's like this is just not smoking my salmon you know that it's just not, it's not like it's not going to be good for her to listen to so i don't know, I don't know what that's all the example i was just going to give an example of what i said the other day that's all I have to say. No, it's valid. It's it's. I just think I don't know how you do that, right? And I think part of what you got to do when you make stuff is you got to make it make it first, and then find an audience second. Like I always thought the audience would come when you made the thing. Mm-hmm. Like I always just thought when I made something I was happy with, like poof, that was it. Like I just had to make something I would be happy with, and then poof, it would be there. And I, and I just it's um it's like it's the opposite. It's like I'm I'm happy with it, but the audience isn't there yet. And so, and will the audience ever come? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I mean, you were admonishing me and you gave me a good, you know, you're right. It's like, I'm, I'm judging myself by where I want to be, not where I'm at. And I'm overlooking any good commentary I get. I'm being selfish. So I, I mean, you're right. You're right in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's difficult. There's not really a good way to navigate it either because there is, you know, it's like in the movies, people take a risk, but it's like when you take the risk, it pays off. Yeah. But in real life, sometimes you're just like a 29 year old, like talking about your insecurities in a recorded medium. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe it's just going to follow you everywhere you go and you're going to struggle to make enough to live. And then you're going to die. It's <laughs> just going to have been your yeah. life. Yeah, and I think that like a lot of the stuff when you're looking on YouTube and it's like 
uh, like your kind of podcasts, and it's like, yeah, the number one podcast in the world. It's like, yeah, you just got to start making it, man. You got to start making your podcast. People just start listening to you, and your life's going to change, and all this stuff. It's like reality that isn't what happens. It's just kind of like you make it, maybe someone will listen to it, maybe you're going to follow, it, maybe you don't. You know, it's it's just it's too generic information. But then I also I also feel like a lot of the stuff like I I went through a stage where it was like I was looking for advice from the internet and I look I do that it's like research but then I'd be watching people and it'd be like I what I started to think was you're making this content about advice are you actually making it with intent to genuinely like help people or is it your plug at the end of the video where you start talking about if you want to learn more why don't you take my course and pay 80 dollars and it's like uh well what are you actually doing it for and it's it's I feel like the best approach to things is like, you know, surrounding yourself in with friendships who are sit, people who are similar um, and are actually doing the same things as you because it's more realistic. Yeah. It's just, it's just more realistic. And I think like, you know, if I showed my mum, I was like, listen to this podcast with me and Jacob, she wouldn't listen to it. She's not going to, she's not going to like doing that, sitting there for an hour and five minutes. That's not, you know, she likes sitting on her iPad and going on BBC iPlayer and watching, I don't know, Emma Dale or whatever. That's what my mum likes to do. And it's it's like everyone's in their own little world. You know, we, we like certain podcast worlds. You like writers and stuff or whatever you like. It's That's your own world carved out. Uh, and then there's like a community in that, I feel. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I only I just have the hope because I feel like no one ever talks about this side of making things. Mm -hmm. And you're 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 just you're just fucking chill about it. But I feel like there are some people like me who aren't so chill about it, you know, and it's just like because, you know, how do I put this? Okay, Van Gogh is Van Gogh. We all think about Van Gogh, but the man was miserable enough that he cut off his ear and died. Mm -hmm. And like not everybody's Van Gogh even. Like, there's probably somebody whose art sucked who cut off his ear and then killed himself. Yeah. And so it's like, you, you just never hear about that side mm -hmm. of the pursuit. You just never hear about people. It's just like struggling, never making it, and then death. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Like when you listen to, like, you know, any sort of podcast that's talking about or just you know someone who starts talking about like in, just in like trying to be inspirational and stuff it's like okay yeah you know you did this podcast but there's so much there's so many should I say so many factors that contribute into it being successful especially when it comes to like being a personality which is kind of the pull for people to listen to your podcast they want to listen to it because who you're interviewing but also your personality your character and there's so many things that influence that and it's like i don't know it's you know how many podcasts are out there probably millions and i think i've heard that if you get more than 20 downloads you're in the top 50 yeah. or 40 percent of podcasts because there's just that much content getting pumped out um well, and I just can I can I for the sake of your podcast and for the sake of this discussion, yeah. like like um I don't want to make this just about podcasting because that's like a very niche thing that like maybe you and me and one other person will listen to this episode gets into. But I think you're onto something when you talk about like the motivational things out there, right? Because whatever yeah. people do, 
whether it's podcasting or they got they want to be an Instagram star or they want to own their own business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like you're just bombarded with this like, yeah, self-empowerment, male empowerment, female empowerment. You got to like, if you drink less coffee, if you work out more, if you wake up early, if you move to the right city, if you delete your social media, if you get off your antidepressants, if you, if you do this, if you just do the right combination of things, you're going to get it. And you just got to work at it. And success is around the corner. You rock. And I don't think anybody has ever just like, like, yeah, a lot of it's just struggle and a lot of people don't make it mm-hmm. like like whatever people do you know it's like a lot of it is just hustle it's a, it's a hustle to no end and then you have things that haunt you the rest of your life and what what do you mean what haunt you for the rest of your life like you're talking about you know when you're when you're 40 you might very well have wished none of this shit ever existed you might <laughs> not be able to escape it i don't know i, I don't Again, I just doubt, especially when it comes to like internet things. I actually watched something before where, like, it was a few weeks ago, Will Smith uploaded an apology video for slapping that um, Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. And then it was like, no one really gives a shit. It's been four months. You know, it's kind of like in the frame of the internet. It's, I guess, in that sort of like cancel culture or whatever. It's just forgotten about. It's kind of like, oh my God, look at this thing. Oh, wow. And maybe people will remember. I'm going to remember Will Smith for that. But I'd re- high. Maybe, maybe this will bite me on my ass, this statement. Or like you start your own business and you go way in debt because your business fails. Like there are these stories. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's loads of things that could go wrong. You know, (laughs) there's loads of shit that could go wrong. It's just like, what are you supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'd rather just kind of go with the flow. I'm not saying you got to quit. Right. But I'm just saying, I, I think. You go ahead. You go ahead. I've, I've been rambling a lot. No, no, no it's fine. It's fine. All, yeah. I'm, all I'm saying is just like, you know, it's, I feel like there's limitations to the pursuit of just, I want to get to 100 downloads an episode. I want to get to 1,000 downloads an episode. But I'm going to do that by releasing every Sunday. Or I'm going to do that by editing my videos and then putting that out there every day. And then it's just kind of like, Okay, yeah, you're gonna be getting views probably, but for based on like the actual creation of content, is it gonna be genuinely interesting, or is it just things that you can, someone will just click on, waste a minute because you put it into a clip, watch it, and then forget about it, and it's just gone. And it's just like entertainment because it's you know it's kind of a form of entertainment when you watch Joe Rogan YouTube clips, and it's you'll spend time just flicking through that. And then it's like you've just consumed it. You've just added numbers to his view count, and that's it. But it's like, well, what's the point? You know, I can start being like, what's the point of anything? I'm like, what's, what's the point of even doing this podcast? But then it's like, ah, I like doing it, so just keep. I'm just gonna keep doing it. Yeah. It's, fun. it's fun. I like speaking to people, and I like having conversations with people. I've liked the very small moments where people have commented on it in person. I've liked. When I went to yours and I did a podcast with you, I thought that was a nice experience. You know, it's all, I guess it's all about experience with me. Yeah. Well, and maybe to pull, pull us out of the abyss from mm-hmm. my end too. It's like, we started talking about me being a people poker and that just being part of my nature, right? Mm-hmm. Me liking to try weird things and see where they go. Um, like, yeah, I think sometimes the pursuit is its own reward. And of course it's the, um, it's, it's the it's the possibility of failure that makes life the adventure. 
Like, success is not guaranteed. Like, you can always cope with any situation that happens. Like, failure, failure and, and, um, and, you know, complete self-destruction is a choice. But success is not guaranteed, and that's where the adventure and the romance comes in, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I just think it's important to acknowledge that possibility, that lack of, that possibility of not having success is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there are a lot of people out there who, who undergo that, and then it's just like, they're bombarded by things telling them that they should feel better and if they that they're that it's their fault, right? They're just not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I get really fed up with that message. But I mean, to get back to us doing this podcast, right? It's not doing it's not gonna do us any good. Mm-hmm. Like we're not gonna get more numbers by not doing it. Um Well, is that the only pursuit? Like, you know what, is that the absolute only pursuit? I don't is it the pursuit of just oh yeah, right, I'm gonna get to this amount of downloads, or is it the pursuit to just create interesting things that people can listen to like what's it's okay but come on, you're not satisfied with just having like one person tell you i enjoyed it come the fuck on you want to be big you know you do you know you're not just satisfied with it. maybe it feels good but you know you want more come on don't lie to me dude come on you know you urge to you know you want to be bigger come on you know it the only thing i'd say is what i would love i would i would absolutely love to just sit on my ass every day and just have to interview people, get paid for it, and just talk shit into a microphone, get paid for it, live in a nice fucking house. But I don't, I can't yeah. do that. Of course, I'd love that. I think everybody would love that. But I'm not going to fucking pretend that I'm fucking happy with things. I'm not going to fucking do it. I'm going to fucking try to make the best of them that I can, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm fucking satisfied. I'm, I'm quite satisfied. I, I mean, okay. Now, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> No, it's good. It's I just don't understand satisfied people, and maybe it's just coming with me constitutionally that I'm just never satisfied. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I am like that. I just try not to express it. Too oh, come on, people. bring it out. Come no, on, don't I give don't me this. Know. Go, I feel no. good. Yeah, people just enjoy it. If I just make good stuff, that's enough for me, man. Fuck yeah. that shit. Fuck show. that. It's Fuck all that! I want, I want, I want a hundred thousand streams an episode. I want to <laughs> fucking do this shit for a living. I want people to engage with my ideas as the intellectual of their time. Fuck this shit! I'm not gonna fucking deny it. I'm not gonna fucking hide from it. I'm not, pussy, I'm not a fucking I'm pussy. pussy. I'm whoa! Yeah, so you're calling me a pussy. I'm not you a pussy. I'm saying I'm not a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is what no. you gotta do. You you gotta turn yourself inside out. I mean, that's what I do. And it's terrible. It's terrible. I don't maybe, know why. I just have this instinct. Maybe it is, you know, it's, it is some sort of show that I'm putting on. Like, I would get, yeah, I'd fucking love. I would love. As Come I on, said, you know you fucking it. want it. You know you want it. <laughs> but, if you woke up tomorrow, you were like 10,000 streams, you'd be like, fuck yeah, we're going to Red Lobster. <laughs> like, yeah, yo, if someone would email me, like, well, well no, me- you don't go to Red where, where do you go? You go to Greg's. We're going to fucking Greg's for breakfast. <laughs> we, got, we got the 10K. Oh, yeah. And keep going. Yeah. Fuck well, Greg's. Fuck brown, brown sauce is scary. Don't say that, mate. Brown sauce on a bullet <laughs> is incredible. Brown sauce on a bullet is the best thing ever. It's so nice. On the I puddings, was- you put it on the on the blood pudding. Black pudding, yeah. You put it. Oh, no, you put it on the. You put brown sauce on the black pudding. No, just on the whole full English. You just you know. Put it, you don't spread no. it. You just put a bit of dip. You're gonna take that beautiful platter of breakfast and you're gonna coat it in that. No, no, no. You're not what gonna coat it. Looks like a child's runny shit. No, you're not gonna coat it. You're just gonna put a nice big blob of brown sauce. If you're feeling adventurous, put the blob into um, the beans and spread and mix it in. 
Yeah. It I when I saw it, I thought I don't know how this is going to taste. And it tasted just what it looked like. Yeah. It looks like gravy having a bad dream. <laughs> it's I'm surprised you know about Greg's. I know it's different quick going back. Homie, but... I'm a I'm a yes. cultured man. You <laughs> wanted to make a point of you about your stream, so I want to let you get that out. But I got to just I had, they gave me, I went to Greg's and they gave me brown sauce on the sausage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited to have brown sauce. What is this? This, this is going to be a new adventure. And then I thought, Oh, Oh no. This is <laughs> why we, this is why we kicked them out of the EU. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I, I love, I, I know you do. I know you do. I, I got to, I got to find a way to, f I got to tell you, I think the Irish have a better breakfast than the English too. I've never tried an Irish breakfast. I think, no, I have. I probably I mean, it's, it's basically the same. It's basically yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all just kind of fried. Like it's like, let's take things, turn it into a patty and fry it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had beans. a today. It's normally a Sunday job. You have a full but it's a bank holiday. Yeah. Today. It's like a once a week thing, right? It's not yeah. every day. Yeah. No, but anyway, no. you want to, when we when you get to when you get to ten thousand streams, you're not going to deny that you and your girlfriend are going to hug and kiss and express your deep, unyielding love for each other Mate, in if, a paroxysm of joy. If I was, you know, when when flashlights were going about and everyone was like, buy a flashlight, you know, and doing all them adverts and shit. If they said to me, if they said to me, we'll give you ten grand for like twenty episodes. Oh, I'll be. I'll be fucking trying it out on camera, on YouTube. You can see me reviewing it. Ten grand to do that, to review it. Of course I would. Of course I would fucking do that. But I, I also just accept that the situation is right now. I don't earn any money from doing my podcast. I don't get any financial benefit from it. If anything, I'm spending my time doing something that doesn't give any financial value to myself whatsoever. Now, why do I do that? And it's well, it's fun. It's it's nice to speak to people, but it's also yeah, there is some sort of motivation to. I guess maybe people. I want people to experience what I'm going through. Maybe I'll experience the people I meet and talking about that. Maybe there is that part to it, but I I do kind of probably put on more of a, an ego where I'm so chilled out about it. I'm like nah. You know who Tom York is, right? Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Radiohead lead guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was reading an interview he was talking about because, you know, they did that run of like the bins, OK Computer, Kid A, mm -hmm. any one of which someone could make an argument is the greatest album of all time. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I agree with that, but especially Kid A or OK Computer, if someone came up, tried to make an argument, that's the greatest record ever made. That's a valid argument. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that was in his 20s, early 30s, too, I think. He was saying, man, I wish in the early days of our band we weren't so ambitious. I was always feeling like we had to make the next greatest record ever made. And I always feel like we had to be pushing ourselves more and more and more, and it was so destructive. And I'm like, but isn't the self-destructive ambition what makes people <laughs> great? Like, don't you have to destroy yourself in the pursuit of greatness? Isn't it necessary? Like, Tom, you gave us the greatest shit of all time. Who cares if you fucked yourself up for the rest of your life? If you <laughs> fucked up your marriage, if you fucked up your bandmates, fuck it, you made Kid A. You made Kid A. Like, isn't that, a, you know, can you make Kid A without destroying yourself? Can you make it? Can you make it by being a well-adjusted person? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. But he's like, okay, so like, people have made fucking masterpieces. Not many, you know. I mean, like, if you listen to like Crazy Train, 
And that's Ozzy Osbourne, and you just look at him now, and he's like, whoa. Right. You listen to uh, Paranoid by Black Sabbath, and he's just like, it's amazing stuff. And you look at Ozzy Osbourne, he's just fucking mental. <laughs> but then it's like, you know, it's, it's your way of playing the game, isn't it? It's like you could. I, I, I thought about this, like, I tried going down, like, yeah, I'm going to quit the job and uh, be a musician chilling out in Prague, and I'm going to do this. And I thought that I would go to Prague, and I did. I did perform live music. I think I did it twice at, like, open mics, and, you know, I, I built up my confidence in that. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I can't be asked. I was like, I can't be asked putting so much effort into this when it's like I cared, I cared enough to literally do a few, one or two open mics, and I was like, you know what? I could not be asked. I cannot... Like, I understand, like, oh, yeah, it's the dream. But at the same time, when I'm watching a band tour around the world for a whole year and they're just bouncing from place to place and it's like, you know, what about your, you know, your friends and family? You know what I mean? I don't want to be such a boring bastard, but it's kind of like, you know, I enjoy seeing my mates. I enjoy seeing my friends. I enjoy just that. I enjoy that sometimes. And it's like sometimes the pursuit of this is just the downfall of yourself because it's just, Oh, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. But it's like, but in what cars? But in what cars? Well, and you can't make good things if you turn yourself into a later day Jordan Peterson, right? Mm-hmm. If you let ambition eat you alive, and then you're just like crying about two girls, one cup, <laughs> you're not probably making anything worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Um. So there's an argument, but I just, I mean, I also love, I love the travel and the tour. And I mean, dude, if I was doing open mics, how in the hell? Dude, you know how I sing. And I was still just fucking eating ass twice a week, every week, because I just knew it was how you get better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And maybe that's just, maybe it's just the difference between us. And maybe I'm a massive, maybe I just love the pain. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't, I'd enjoy doing it. But then I was kind of like, once I'd done it, because I put it, I made it as like a massive thing in my head. Like I've wanted to do an open mic yeah. for years. I was like, I want to do, yeah, I want to do an open mic, but I never had the balls to do it. But you've got a it. great voice, dude. You've got very, your music is very pretty. Like it's very, it is this, this sort of thing a crowd would like too. Mm, I know, but I don't know. The things you've played for me, it's, you don't, I mean, it's, it's not only is it nice and well done, but it's the sort of thing people would like. Yeah, maybe I just, I'm a shy person and i just i don't know maybe i don't know well, that's fine say. you gotta you gotta you gotta take that gotta, gotta, you gotta take the shyness and put and perform it you have to yeah. perform yourself that's that's what you have to do <laughs> do i you have, to take, you have to take the best parts of yourself and stab them with a knife yeah. out of ambition i'll tell you i'll tell you what so um i was in edinburgh this weekend first time i've been up to edinburgh oh really yes and beautiful lovely yeah, loads of Americans there. Quite annoying. I know we love we love the Scottish dude. Yeah, S- especially the women. I think the li- women really love really love that Scottish personality. Yeah, yeah it's, I fucking love Scottish people. It's probably not the same way they probably don't like English people. It's not. I fucking love Scottish people. I think they're really funny <laughs> and great people. <laughs> you know, I just love how much e- English people love the Irish and the Scottish. Like, yeah. I love how much you just love them with an open heart. And then Irish and Scottish people are just like, can't just fucking get out. Just yeah. leave. I understand that. <laughs> anyway. I, mean, I don't, I, I understand it. But like I don't you know, I don't know the whole fucking story. Like I told you the story about the Irish guy being very like iffy with me in uh, Belfast. I told you that story, didn't I? And then no, no. Okay, but... I'll, I'll let me. I'll tell you the story. I basically I was in Belfast and I was in a hostel, and then this guy from Dublin 
it was like, oh, he's an English person, blah, blah, blah. And then he was being just like very short and like, you know, it's a bit hostile, this. And I was like, I was, I was winding him up, like, come on, mate. I was like, I didn't fucking do the potato famine. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was someone else. I'm, okay, I guess I'm a product of that fucking system. And I'm not, but I'm not going round fucking. Well, it's not that your fault that. Irish don't know how to farm. <laughs> um, Please, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of. There's a <laughs> Look, I mean, if you can't even grow a fucking potato, maybe you don't deserve to be a farmer. You know, it's not like growing a fucking pumpkin. You, you put dig a hole, put it in the ground. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Anyway, yeah, I oh, I don't know Irish history that well. I know that you know, I know there's been a lot of uproar going on on that little island, and there still is. You know, I don't know why. I'm not going to pretend to know why people want certain things. I don't know why. I'm just there. I'm just chilling. You know. Just there, I'm here for exploring Belfast, and this guy's been a bit hostile with me. What saved me was saying that I was from Wigan because he knew Wigan Pier music, and there was a club on Wigan Pier which used to be like playing donk music, and it was t- just terrible music. Um, but he loved it. He loved like rave music, and he was like after that he switched. He was very nice to me. He was all right. Um, but yeah, basically, so this what happened in Bel- in, uh, in Edinburgh, where I was going was, so I went watching Frankie Boyle. Do you know Frankie Boyle? Do I know Frankie Boyle? Yeah. The not fuck personally. would I know your friends, dude? No, 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 friend. It's a, uh, he's a Scottish comedian. He used to be on. Oh no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know Danny Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know who Danny Boyle is. Um, but Frankie Boyle, great Scottish comedian. And I wanted to watch him for years. I went up and watched him based on what I did. And then when I was there, the, I, I was by myself. I got a ticket. And then this girl came up to me called Connie. Um, and I was talking to her. She got a ticket. Ooh, Connie? Connie. Yeah, she was from... That's a, that's a sexy name. In your mind. This is, this is your mind. I was just thinking... <laughs> I have a girlfriend. I'm not even gonna. Not even gonna entertain oh, I'm it. just thinking the name Connie. That's just yeah. that just screams lascivious vicious behavior and youthful yeah. abandon, Connie. See, I, I, you know what's really like <laughs> fucking my head at the moment is like I get. I I, if your name is Connie, I love you. I love you. I'm not she, making fun of you, Connie. If you're listening, she could be listening. go ahead. I, I did tell her about the podcast, and you know okay. we. The thing is, what happens is I meet people when I'm traveling and I've always had like, there's a line with, we spoke about this, like men and women being friends. There's a line, you know, and I have a girlfriend and I, what I try to do is just get that in nice and early. And But then it's kind of like, you know, is this person even interested in me at all in that way? I don't know. So I'll just, just throw it in there. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't think she was. You just got to mention you have a, a, a girlfriend though. And that tends to give people the hint, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that's this not the this is not the point of the story. I just we're not story. talking about your feelings yeah. for Connie. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to push them Dude, you down. Have, whenever, whenever you're uncomfortable, you have a certain laugh. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, can yeah. I can I actually parenthesize? Yeah, or do yeah, you want to yeah. finish? No, the story? go in, go in. Um, Come on. <laughs> I know. It was actually a really good point. Um, I'm trying to think. We're talking about Connie, <laughs> sexual names such as Connie. Um, actually, finish your story. I'll, I'll, it'll okay. come to me. Okay, so the point was, um, you were talking about like 
No, we were talking about music and me not uh, utilizing that and being shy or whatever. And then we were talking about pod- the podcast and I brought it up and then she was like, maybe what was really weird. She was really nice. Um, she was into the um, star signs and stuff, though. It was kind of like, but what was quite weird about it is that she was like, oh, you're a, what's it called? I don't know. A fucking star sign of a Taurus or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And then what she explained to me, I don't, I don't like this stuff, but then what she explained to me was like, she said like, you've probably had like a difficult six months and then the rest of the year has been all right or something. And what was really weird, technically that's true. And I was like, right, okay. I don't agree with all the star sign stuff, but that's weird. So I'll let you have that one. But basically, we were talking about what each other, what we both do. She does poetry and writing and stuff. And then I was saying I do the podcast. And I've said, like, what? I can't hear you. Have you turned your mic off? No, I can't hear you. Um, so, uh, for some reason, I was bringing up the podcast. I bring up Frankie Books. I was watching The Comedian. And I said, like, yeah, I'm into music. And I'm into like comedy and I've wanted to do like stand up actually in the past, but I've never again had the courage to do that. So it's like I was talking about the podcast and she made it. So you were talking about you and Connie. Connie's a poet. She was telling you about your life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was just a nice little interaction. But then she was saying like maybe you do the podcast as like you're comfortable with that, but it's like your way like around it, around what you actually want to do. Like you're doing these other things, and like, and I was like, yeah, maybe, well, maybe that's what I'm doing. Maybe I'm like doing the podcast because I feel comfortable doing it, but I don't feel comfortable doing the uh, music stuff in a certain way. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess in a way it is. It is more sheltered because um, you can explain yourself, right? And I think good art inherently has a variety of interpretations, right? So, like, if you really want to make something good, it shouldn't be too preachy. It should be open to however people want to take it. It should have a multiplicity of meanings. And so, um, you know, if you really make good art, then you're making something that is liable to constructions that aren't favorable to you. Mm -hmm. And it's very vulnerable, too, right? In a sense, like, the best way to get at the honesty of yourself is, is not through logic. Like, logic in a way, logic and reasoning in words is an obfuscation of really what makes us us and what makes us like words are a pale approximation of who we are mm-hmm. in some sense, like words obscure us. We use words to hide who we are rather than to expose it. Mm-hmm. And it's what's between the words that really indicates who and what we are. Um, yeah. Now I was just going to say, I, dude, you got the fucking hair and you're very sincere. Of course your girl's going to come up and talk to you. I terrify women because even if a woman finds me attractive, she also finds me scary because I see into her soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lord knows I might judge it. And so, she, cause I have a bitter and mocking laugh. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know. I've noticed more recently. I think maybe the, her, the openness, the talking, I get more attention and I'm not really used to it. Cause I was a big fat meatball kid all through kind of high school. And then, when I was in high school, it was kind of like the girl that, I, you know, I was head over heels for, didn't want it. You know, she shut me down, shut me in that friend zone. And I've had that a lot fucks you up for life, doesn't it? It does. At that age. <laughs> you know, it really is like when you're 18, 19, your love, if she doesn't yeah. love you back, it fucks with you. 
yeah. the, for years. For yeah. It still fucks with me. I just, just don't feel like I can be attractive if the person I want to be attractive to at that point in my life, despite my fucking urgent attempts, it's like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've ended up becoming a bit more confident. I say that, but it took me ages to tell my girlfriend that I even liked her. But uh, basically, rather than... Well, it, you... it was an accident, too. What was an accident? She had to tell you that she was interested in you. Uh, like, that wasn't even... Don't, don't give your sufficiency there, mate. Yeah, well, what I try to do, I think my, my, what, the way I've developed my personality is being like, I'm going to avoid... Hey, mate, you're clipping pretty bad. You might want to turn down your um, input level on your mic. What do you mean, clipping? Is it like... Uh... You're running into the red. I'm at... All right, okay. How's that? How's that? Hello? It's better if... Yeah, you're fine. I can st- I can always turn up my volume. You just want to be careful. Anyway, keep going. Okay, uh, I'm just now. I'm quite nervous because I've had it like full, and I didn't realize all. The- no, it was just like in the last five minutes. So okay. okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, you're talking about. I was about you know, something. being attractive now. <laughs> I don't think I'm attractive now. I don't think that's the case. Uh, but I was saying that the way I've, I've developed my personality is to like rather than me take the responsibility, I'll like kind of like avoid the responsibility let something happen and then be like haha okay kind of like wait for the opportunity rather than force like something to happen it's kind of like uh, okay distant myself from things i think um oh like and that's how you, you feel like the podcast is better for that than music yeah well i was going there was some relation to what we were just talking about to what i just said but again, I was... No, it works. You were talking yeah. about Connie. You know, I I have developed this ability to just, like, recall things. It's really... Mm-hmm. It's come with the podcasting. But you were talking about Connie and astrology. And she was talking about, um, you know, like, she thought maybe you liked the podcast better because you're not so naked. And then mm-hmm. you were talking about... Um, we were talking about you and your girlfriend mm-hmm. and, you know, and, you know, someone in the past not finding you attractive. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So how does this all relate? Um, Yeah. So, like, what what I would do. There's not, there's not such an opportunity for rejection now. Yeah. Yeah. So avoid the, re- it's kind of like avoid any sort of um, putting myself out there to avoid the rejection. It's kind of like, well, I'll, I've kind of internalized myself. So say, for example, what I used to do was kind of like beat myself up because this girl didn't like me when I was 15, 14, 15. I kind of obsessed over it and it became part of my ego. And then I kind of just let that go. Um, And then it just kind of, I've just let a lot of things go recently. A lot recently, I don't know why. I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know what's happened, but a lot of the stuff that I would kind of keep in my head, I've just not forgotten about, but just kind of like, oh, I've got other things to deal with. It's quite nice. It's quite nice because I've just been able to kind of go, eh, well, I'm going to focus on what I want to do and try not get stuck in that thought process where I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Oh, is this the right thing to do? At the moment, for some reason, I'm kind of enjoying just not having that playing in my mind a lot of the time because that was such a big part of, my thinking a lot of my thinking was kind of like oh is this the right thing to do am i doing the right thing whereas at the moment i'm just less like that and i don't know why but recently i've just kind of let all that go and it's quite strange because it's not it's not like i've gone i want to get to this 
position where I'm this type of person who doesn't um, think about the risks or consequences or question everything. It's just it just randomly happened. I think you're happy. Mm-hmm. I think you're happy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that you know and. I'm actually going to call her out by name. Cecilia Sill <laughs> fucking ruined me. Yeah. I achieved, I was happy for a little while when I was about 25. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was doing, I was working this job. I saved up quite a bit of money, saved up like 10 grand, paid off all my debts. I was doing yoga every day, had like a four pack. Um, like I was fit and I was meditating every day and I was content with life. And I went and saw Sill on my way to a job site. <laughs> and Sill was like, Well, Jacob, you've become so much less interesting. Don't, oh. oh, I don't I don't I don't really like contented Jacob. And that <laughs> was the end of that shit. I was like, Well no, I gotta I gotta have something's wrong with me. <laughs> and so you know, then I thought I, you know, I kind of blew all that up and I've never, I would, I, I've never been able to get back to, I've done some of the same things I was even doing at the time. Mm. Um, you know, I think maybe a, a part of it for me, and maybe it does come down to this, it's just financial security, right? Cause we, mm. my parents were not financially secure mm. in the earliest days of my life. And so I do think maybe if we're asking like, where does my discontent stem? Like if your content is able to come about because you feel loved and cherished, by those around you, maybe mine would come about if I was able to be in a position of uh, position of financial security with the things I do. I think that's pretty big for me because you know maybe that like the thing separating me from that time. Well, two things probably. One is the financial security, and two is the approval of people I know and love. Mm-hmm. You know, because people were like, "Oh, you got a nice corporate job. You yeah. fly for work." Oh, you're an important boy, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, now it's like, Jacob, why are you doing this? I'm working on a book. But why Why don't you go be an engineer? It's like, I don't know, because I, I hate myself and, <laughs> and I want to suffer. Um, you know, and it's, uh, I think probably those two things. You know, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't help what makes you feel satisfied. But I think it's good that you feel this way. You don't have to be unhappy. Why? Why should you have to be unhappy? I think that it's, it was just a, a huge part of like sort of my ego. And I was like, you know, this is how I think. This is how I feel. I have to think the same way, and I didn't have to just let go of that. And it's like, well, I know that it's probably going to creep back in at some point. There's going to be some, you know, thought pattern to repeat. You feel like it's your ego. You feel like you had to let go of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this whole like going uh doing music and stuff it's like i don't i'm not shitting on i'm not gonna say i'm never gonna do any of that again because i am gonna it's just maybe 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 because i actually i want to do this but maybe just for context for people who don't know because people who know me might listen to this too so i've been in prague since 2018 ish but Mm -hmm. i spent a year back in the states edward came to prague like a year ago year and a half ago with the intention of trying to make it more as a musician get part of become part of the music scene in prague become more technically skilled as a musician um, and has ended up moving back to England um, within the last three months. Um, well, no, so that's kind of, okay. So the context in, in total what's happening is that, yeah. so I've got this job. I can do it remotely. It's great. It's a nice job. Um, 
my girlfriend wants to come to England. So we were like, okay, we'll plan to go back to England. So I've come back to England. That does remove some stress of the the visa stuff of the Czech Republic. We just have to get her a visa now. So that's that's just, just, just a change of situations. And I, I did move to the Czech Republic because of my girlfriend, because I wanted to spend time with my girlfriend. But I was like, I was going to go to uh, like a music college three months after I moved there, but that wasn't in the Czech Republic. That was back in England. But then because I liked the music scene in the Czech Republic, I stayed and I think I was going to focus on that. Then I ended up learning how terrible it is in the Czech Republic, trying to do anything, <laughs> living there and going from place to place, sorting anything out. Nah, I do I do love the Czech Republic. I do love Prague. Um, yeah, so that's, that's probably the context. That's the context where I am right now. And why did you make bring up the context? What was I saying? Because I just because you were starting to talk about your ego and how it related to like your current living situation, <laughs> and I just and maybe I'm sorry for taking over your show. That's like a no, thing. It's okay, okay, yeah, okay. I didn't mean to like do that. No, but anyway, fine. you want to? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's <you> forgive fine. <laughs> me. <laughs> it's fine. I was just like, I don't know where you're going. I was like, hey, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Um, yeah okay so so in my head i was like i was what happened was when i was when i was like 15 16 i got like oh my god i love guitar i love music and i always love music i started doing it i learned by myself it was like wow great then i kind of abandoned it went in a terrible relationship abandoned it then yeah have you ever talked about that on the podcast what the the terrible relationship? Yes, <laughs> I don't think so. No, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's popped up. Maybe it has popped up. I don't know. I can't remember uh, what I've spoken about. We can't do that. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's probably a whole other conversation. But that's a hell of a story. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the big red flags. The big communist flags were just swinging in my face from day one, possibly. And then, you know, you committed to it. I, just, I, was, I commit to it. For like, you did have a mate that was just telling you, get the fuck out of this. Yeah. But then I was like, I was, I don't know, maybe she mind controlled me or something. You know, I don't know what I was going on. You kind of look back and you're like, what the fuck was I even thinking? It's so weird. <laughs> did but you I, feel like you could do better? Is that um, part of it? I think, you know where you spoke, actually? You know, before you said you kind of like the pain. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of like, oh, I've got to fix. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to stop her sucking so much dick and cheating on me. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to do it. I'm going to do it. She's going to, she's going to stop soon. Why are you stopping? Please stop. Please. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. So I'd say my friends who listen to it, they know most of the story, but a lot of people don't know the actual whole story or whatever. You know, people. I don't know. People just make up shit in the mind. Basically, what was a match for this girl on Tinder? I thought she was funny because um, I messaged her. I can't remember what it said. Something she had something in a bio, um, and basically, I messaged her. I can't remember. It was quite funny at the time. It probably will be funny, but I can't remember what it was said. Um, and it turned out she was an orphan. Now this is a big, big part of the story because it explains all of the problems that. I'm now going to um, talk about. So what happened? Got with her. And then after a month, I'd say she cheated on me. And, you know, that should be, well done. You've dodged a bullet. Get the fuck out of there. Your emotions aren't 
it's just this relationship but in my mind i'd never had a relationship i told you about the girl who broke me when i was 16 you know, i really fancied her she wasn't interested you know that was all in my mind then i had i was entering this new relationship all my friends were like he's never had a girlfriend before oh this is interesting he's going on a date oh you know it was, it was all interesting and then i was like i've committed to it she cheated on me and then she was like it just got really weird she was putting like instagram photos on with this other guy Oh, uh, then I. While you were dating? No, so we'd split up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we split up, and then we got back. To, we got back together. It was weird. I, I went to like she lived in a uni halls, and I'm sure it, she was probably getting railed by pretty much every guy there. That's just what I've, I've accepted that that is probably what was going on while I was going and visiting her. But it was just like little moments of disrespect. You know what? You're like, you know, little things I remember. Even though she's she probably sucked dick the night before and kissed me the day after. You know what really pisses me off? One time I got a train. At, I live, where I live, it's like an hour. Let's say an hour on a train. Then I've got to walk. I had to walk to her apartment. And I bought her a hot chocolate, right, from McDonald's. And I was, you know, just a little, little nice thing to start the day. And she was supposed to meet me outside. I was ringing her. She wasn't answering. I was ringing her. She wasn't answering. I rang her again. She just woke up. Couldn't even be asked coming outside. She came outside and just lying in bed all day. Didn't even appreciate the fact I brought her a hot chocolate. And I didn't have the balls to say it. And you know what? I haven't got the balls to even say it to her face. So I'm saying it on this podcast. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never brought her up to you. I've never brought her up to you. And I'm never going to see her ever again, probably. And if I did, I wouldn't even say this to her. But all this, all these things... It just, it just irritated me and I never, I never, my issue was I never felt that I could just say I am in pain with what you're doing to me and it, I feel disrespected. Now I can do that now in my relationship, which is great. Uh, the rare times that we have disagreements. Did you feel like you couldn't do it because you didn't have the balls to do it or because you knew she would react a certain way? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. It was like any sort the right. Okay. So any sort of criticism was... You know, it was it was really messy. It, it was really messy relationship, and I don't want to dwell on it so much. I've dwelled on it in the past, where you know I'd be crying every night and stuff. You know, in the midst of my downfall <laughs> of that relationship. I mean, you're just you're just telling me. You're just two friends talking. So yeah. don't you know? Yeah, no, it's it's a true. Honestly, but I was. You know, the mis probably the my most miserable was them years of the relationship. Um. God, I just was. I've always been amazed how long it, it went oh, on. Yeah, yeah, years, right? Um, 2016 till 2018, and the the times that I know that's cheated on me, it's four or five times, and I'm pretty sure it's higher. And why did you stick around so long? It's because you didn't have enough self self respect, or she was just you know crazy but good in bed, or what was it? She clip right, okay. I don't, I don't. The thing is, a lot of people know who she is, and people, my friends. Oh, okay, okay, no, okay, no, no, okay. No, 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 no. Well, yeah. they don't know, right? Okay, so the way I can say it is like she wasn't part of my friend group. It was an external person from not far away, and yeah. my friend seen it as like this person's come in. She's treating Edward terribly. No one, no, no one liked her. And I was like, I just believed, you know, I had the pink glasses on. 
and I just believed the nonsense that was coming out of her mouth. And I didn't criticize it or anything, and I wasn't being a man. Being a- well, and you're so soft-hearted. I'm sure you knew her past and was like, I have to help her heal. Yeah, pretty much. And that, you know, I am definitely not qualified to do the healing. I mean, I've got some funny stories. I want to I want to share a funny story. When I look back on this, I really laugh about it. So the, f- the first time that I met her or when we went on a date, um, we went to where around where she lived. And then she like kind of invited me back to her place where her family was, but it wasn't her family. It was her uh, her owners. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was she human trafficked? <laughs> Foster parents. Jesus Christ. Her, her sex slavers. <laughs> it was her foster parents. And, you know, it was like... <laughs> it was... Fucking uh, <laughs> Well, we've had her spayed and neutered. She's got her shots. Right, and you gave the, her flea medicine yesterday. It was be good to go. <laughs> it was like, oh, meet this person. This person has ADHD. I was like, oh, nice, nice to meet you. Meet my sister. This this person has autism. Or you know, I said that was. I'm over exaggerating what was going on. And then I was a bit, you know, I was a bit overwhelmed by this situation. I was like, oh, this is a very strange situation to be in. Um, and then it was like, I was like, oh, I need some normal. You mean with her family? Like, her, there was so much going on in her family. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was yeah. foster parents. Fair enough to them what they were doing. I think it's good. But it was, you know, I've never been in that situation before. I'm from a normal, I don't want to say normal. I'm just from a standard family. That's obviously very, um, it's up to be criticized. Whatever. Basically, then I was like, I need some normality. I was like, I just need it's very intense. I feel uncomfortable. And I could hear a little dog scuffling its way towards me. I was like, oh, get a dog. I was like, get it. There's going to be a dog. I can play with a dog. The dog, I shit you not, right? It was walking on two legs and its back legs were dragging, were dragging behind it. And I was like, oh my God, even the dog's fucked. I was like, I can't. I this sounds like one of the early scenes in a horror movie. Like when you go to visit the family before you realize they're cannibals. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, yeah. that was just like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? But, you know, I don't want to, she was clearly from a background that I am not used to, and I mean, I have met someone, I met a guy called Richard, who was from, a, he was adopted from Colombia, his family were drug lords, terrible upbringing, he, you know, he still wasn't a terrible person, so I've, maybe it has changed my perspective on that situation i think I've, I've got over it you know it's still i still hold emotions uh, regarding the relationship which you know you're just gonna hold on to but at the same time it's like i'm doing something else like i'm not living it anymore i'm not in that experience and i like I, that story i just shared i tried to think back on stuff like that and just think god that's funny that is so funny um yeah yeah but you were talking about how you got through that relationship and then i think you were relating it back to your ego right how you felt felt like well, when you started talking about the relationship okay okay sorry I go, I go. we don't have to make it all linked together but i always yeah. think it's a lot more fun if you somehow find a way to make one big circle uh yeah, yeah. okay so yeah so I, before i got in this relationship i hadn't had a girlfriend and it was oh i'm getting a girlfriend it's a big thing um yeah. and then like everybody knew about it 
I, all my friends knew about the relationship. I was a very open person. I'd tell everybody. And then I kind of faced the consequences of my openness. But realistically, I guess that's the way I took it. I took it as like, I'm an open person. Or maybe I should stop telling people all these things about my personal life. Realistically, uh, I shouldn't be getting cheated on. I should be able to talk about my personal life and in being open with people. But that made me, I'd say, more introverted and then focusing on myself or whatever. And then now I'm still open, but I guess I've become more reserved after that experience. That makes the music tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to keep it even keel because if you acknowledge to yourself that you're ambitious probably and to other people that you're ambitious, then like if that doesn't work out, then you probably have another mortification waiting at the end of that road. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think I think maybe we're a little bit different British people compared to Americans. You, you know, it's you it's respected to be ambitious in America. Like to be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I did this. I've done this. And it's like, yeah, go on, man. You do that, man. <laughs> Whereas like here, it's got, I don't know, if I am if I bang on about like, like one of the main reasons I don't talk so openly about being sober for so long and like celebrating it is because it's, it, I guess our culture here is kind of like, oh, you're bragging about, like you're banging on about yourself. Like you just, it's not common to just constantly talk about yourself. And if you do, you you're known for that. People know how he just talks about himself all the time. Um, so it's probably, to be honest, it's probably a downfall. Maybe people in the UK should be a bit more ambitious and talk about it because it probably holds us back, especially in like workplaces because we probably dismiss oh how much we're doing. It's like no, no, it's fine, whatever. We just kind of accept it. Whereas realistically, we're probably doing a lot and we could benefit from that. Do you think then that has an effect on what the British public looks for from a podcast? Because I know in America, our podcasts tend to be pretty, if they're not comedic, they're, they're pretty, you know, like two, they're either, they're buddies hanging out mm-hmm. comedic or they're like people opening up about shit. I don't know. I think like we are slowly leaning to the American mindset. Um, hopefully not too much. I don't mean that in a bad way, you know, it's probably good loads of good things about America, you know, just like there is everywhere. The good thing about America and there's also bad things. Um I like certain parts about the UK and there's certain parts that I don't like. Um but well you were asking about podcasts. Um I don't know. I don't know what the the British person looks for in a podcast, to be honest. Maybe humor, uh, stories I don't know. That's what I'm going to say. I don't know. It's well, uh, it's a it's a fair point. Like maybe there's some kind of dovetailing between the two cultures and what what they're looking for from their media. I just I think it's an interesting question, right? Do you so you think the American influence on the UK has been that strong that it's just because like as a culture, it's it's becoming more American? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I think the majority of the world is drifting towards America, um, but just that the way things have gone in the world like you know if you kind of you could probably argue that the fall of communism led to the rise of capitalism because it was kind of like them two uh, political ideas fight <laughs> it's like fight who's yeah. gonna win and then it's like oh capitalism wins so then you know a lot of eastern europe now like czech republic is 
now more of a capitalist state. Okay, they have still a lot of social policies, which I think are good. Um, but it seems like now it's just every country is drifting towards America. Um, and I think you've said this before, like the business language of the world is English. And that's because of the American economy. And, you know, it's... That's and the UK. And the, and, and the but, UK. But you're more of... The, you've got the bigger global influence than the UK. We've got some global influence, but that's just old fucking patriotism from years and years and years and years and years ago. A lot of that empire stuff is gone. Uh, it's more of just an idea about the UK now rather than uh, the reality of it. Well, and I think when you when Brits go abroad, I think... I actually, I mean, I, you know, I've read so many fucking British novels that I, you know, I've got a fondness. Um, but I think it is something that people get frustrated about when Brits go abroad is there is kind of this like entitlement, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just I think with America, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You're good. Uh, so I'm going to tell, um, I was going to tell a knock-knock joke, but it's too late now. (laughs) Uh, No, I think people don't like Americans when they go abroad because Americans act like they own the world. Mm. So that's frustrating people. But I think there's something similar but slightly different with Brits where it's like a Brit goes abroad and it seems like a Brit feels like they own the world, but they don't. Mm -hmm. Like It it feels like they have this conception of themselves like it's 1890, but like it's not. Um, and like I, I admitted to you the other time we talked, I got some, I gotta let go of my antagonism toward the British people. You know, there's a lot of great things about British culture. Um, yeah, there's things I, I love about like British culture. I'm, I'm, I'd say I do. I like a lot of things about Britain. I like, for example, the house I'm living in is from like the 17th century. It's pretty interesting, you know, and so you can walk around. There's like this really old building. It's nice. It's just nice. And there's there's things I like about our culture, how we interact with each other. But there's also things I don't like about it. Um, And very brotherly, very, very brotherly, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that we, we tend to look out for each other a bit more. Um, cause I don't know why that is. I don't know what, I, I can't talk about what it would be like in America because I, all I can go from is based on what I've seen from media and yeah, that's all I can go from and maybe talking to you, I guess people okay, think you're not going to offend. I think Americans, I think even a bad reflection on America is enlightening. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like you gotta, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I think that from what I've heard or maybe interactions with people, it seems like. America, it's like all about the individual and like, yeah, you have to be independent. And that can be a bit cutthroat with people from certain parts of society. And I guess here we have more of an intention to like look out for people and try to um, just try to be, yeah, try to be nice, nicer to other people. And there's communities like football clubs where that's you know embedded in the community. And that's what I do like about it. And I, I don't know if that's because... I don't know if it's because we've had a mix of like governments that lean towards uh, capitalism, like hardcore capitalism, and then more that lean towards like socialism. I don't know if that's because we've had that mix embedded into our democracy, and we've like shifted a lot between the two. It's, you know, it's kind of the same. You've shifted in America, so maybe it's not. Uh, 
yeah, you've you've gone <laughs> you've gone really far. But we we're we're a little bit like that now at the moment, I'd say. It seems like you've got the country split here, in in my opinion. It seems like you had a fifty fifty vote with Brexit and it's like some people thought it's terrible, some people think it's the best thing ever. And that people who think it's the best thing ever are probably the same people who you see walking around uh, Europe with an entitlement. Um and there's a difference between the North and the South. Have you probably heard about that? Uh, so yeah, there's you know there's like mini nationalisms going on. Do you feel conflicted? Because you seem like a very. Maybe this is one of the reasons we connected to you. Seem like a very eager consumer of American media's the Jordan Peterson, Tame Paula, Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. You know, you're very Euro Euro curious. You moved to Prague. Your girlfriend's Czech. Do you feel maybe a conflict between this love of Britain and your Britishness and your other interests? I think when I was younger, I did think like, oh, America will be all right. Like moving to America seems pretty cool. Um, conflict between what? Well, conflict between my Britishness and what? And what was a like? You you seem you consume a lot of American music and a lot of American thinkers, and your girlfriend is from the continent, right? So you, you, a lot of the things in your life seem like they're outside of the UK, but here you are, you know, here you are, you know, expressing this fondness. Do you feel some kind of inner tension? In yourself? Uh, even, <laughs> even earlier in the podcast, you're talking about, oh, like I would admit, like maybe I am ambitious, but I can't admit it because I'm in the UK, <laughs> but also I'm not, but you know, is there, is there some kind of tension here? Yeah, I'd probably say so. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. like culturally, for example, uh, it's it's probably very different for somebody to go like uh, so like by themselves traveling somewhere in the like. And the you're UK. from a very small town. Yeah. So, like, for example, I'm still mates with people from like high school and even primary school, even uh, nursery. And I try. I guess I just try to surround myself with like open-minded people. Sometimes I can if I'm sat in a pub with people from like my old high school or something. It's just kind of the same stuff. Not like my initial friends. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it kind of like, oh, just, it's lacking that oomph that I get. Like, you know, when I'm sat in medium and I'm fucking talking to Al- Romanian Alex, who looks like someone out of fucking Queen. And it's just, it's, you know, he's like, that guy's so interesting. And then I come back home and it's like, you know, it's just, it, that, it doesn't, it doesn't take on my pickle. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't get me going yeah. sometimes, but then I, I found that you can have them experiences in the UK. So, for example, I did coast to coast hike, and I met some interesting people. Uh, went to Edinburgh. I can still, you know, I can do that here. It's just, um, yeah, culturally, it's a little, it's probably a little bit different. But I try to just uh, separate myself from that. But there's also, you know, you can't, I can't. I can't control my upbringing. I can't control what's gone on around me. And that culture does clearly affect my personality. Um, and it always will do. So, yeah, there is a bit of conflict. But I just learned to deal with it, I guess. The ego death. The ego death, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I took LSD, I lost my own. <laughs> I went for I went for a stage. Right. If you want to be successful, yeah. if you just take LSD and kill your ego, you'll be a big podcaster like me. Yeah, uh, I'd yeah. say I went for a stage where I was like, 
I took LSD and it became like, I just was telling everybody I took LSD and it was like, <laughs> I was just like getting in. I was like, I've done LSD. And I was like, I must have gone really weird for a little bit. Like I was just, I was just pushing the boundaries everywhere. I was like, maybe I was like, could I tell grandma, grandma? What do you know about acid? <laughs> but you know, like, I don't know. I was just, I don't know. And I think I did it like one time. I was talking to you and someone else. I was just like, yeah, this time I took LSD. And I was like, why, am I, why do I keep bringing it up? Why am I keep fucking bringing this up? But yeah. Big experience for you, I guess. It was. It was a strange experience. I thought, yeah. My, you can see that in my room. Like literally before I took acid and then now. Do you want to see my room? Do you want me to take it? Sure. Sure. Yeah, Let's see your it. room. Um, right, how am I going to do this? Let me change my... Fuck, how do I change my... I can't drag this with me. I can't, you know, I can't take it with me. See, if you if you turn up the sensitivity, probably, turn it up as high as you can go. Shut, well, this isn't my room. This is my brother's room. I'm in my brother's room at the moment. Oh, uh, okay. Right, but I will. Uh, has it changed? Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. You're fainter, but you can still... You're still picked up. Okay. Okay, so... Anyway... <laughs> I have no idea where we were up to once it stopped. Recording. We started talking about me prodding, got into my insecurity about my success, turned the spotlight on you, mm. made you acknowledge that you too are ambitious, got into the difference of cultures between us, and also mm. some of our differences of personality. Mm-hmm. And now life goes on after this podcast, probably right. Yeah. So what's what's life going on? Oh, well, fuck. How's your life gonna go on after this podcast for you? What's what's happening? I have to go back to Prague. Yeah. I have to go make money somehow. Okay. I am. I am in the red. Yeah. Just. Oh, it's not a nice feeling, is it? Just nothing's coming in. Burning them savings. Uh, the savings are gone. I'm living on other people's loans now. Yeah. So. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Oh, not good. Not good. And I really, I really want to finish this book I'm working on. Look, if you enjoy this podcast, if you're a fan of the Breakfast to Sell podcast, I do have a GoFundMe page, a co-fi page. So feel free to contribute because my shoes, all my shoes have holes. I own almost nothing. <laughs> I don't even want to get into this. It's too fucking depressing. I don't own anything anymore. My shoes have giant holes. I am living in the red and nobody believes in me. So if you if you if you love me, let me know because I really need to hear it right now. <laughs> I I give you some I give you some support on our call the other day. I give you some. You did, uh, Edward. It was. Uh, I'm so glad you listened to me. I didn't even realize I was so fucking stressed out until I started going off, and then I was just like, "Fuck! I've been eating this stress for too long." What's yes. up with you? What's new in your life? Let's give you know. I've got a new job. That's all right. Yeah. It's pretty sound. I quite like that. Yeah, <laughs> do I ever do that? Then I'm working on a on building a cabin. Um, yeah, just been doing stuff like that today, moving rocks and making fires. That was my day today. It's like a fucking caveman. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. And then oh, Christina's coming on Thursday, so I can get rid of these blue balls. You know. <laughs> Do you think maybe we should both just find Jesus? Like, maybe that's the answer. <laughs> we should know, accept our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I had a thought the other day. It was a while ago, actually. It wasn't the other day. But I, I get into things 
and then I'll just stop doing it. So like, you're you're more of a reader than I am. And I I like the idea of reading, but actually sitting down and reading is just torture. Getting it started, but then once I'm engaged in something, I like it. But basically, I had an idea of reading like the Quran, the Holy Bible, like whatever the fucking Buddhism is, whatever you read for Buddhism, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, getting all them books and just being like, right. What's going on here? Like, what? Because I, I don't understand it that well, and I feel like I can I can criticize religion based on my experience with it, and just being like, well, you know, it's a load of shit. Some guy in the sky, um, rapture. I don't know. I can criticize all that, but I realistically I haven't really engaged with it, and it is quite interesting to you know millions of billions, probably billions of people follow these religions um and for some reason why for some reason they do and i don't know why that's probably what i should say and i guess it came a little bit interesting but i never i never bought the books i can't be bothered now lost interest in that yeah i would say honestly if you want to understand religions reading those foundational texts is not a great way like as someone yeah. who's read the quran and the bible and the foundational texts of buddhism and hinduism um you're much better off like reading a catechism or reading like someone like St. Augustine, someone who's writing about those things. Mm -hmm. If you really want to understand the religion, because the foundational texts are messy and compiled and like are indeterminate. Um, it's really other people's gloss on those that uh, determines what people took away. See, I thought I had to just take LSD. That was, that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> just go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> dude it was a pleasure we'll talk to you in a couple of months yeah yeah we will um one last question why i don't know if i asked you this last time we spoke well last time we did a podcast why is breakfast hell from a fan like me who loves a full english and i enjoyed a full english this morning it was great and i sat with my sister's boyfriend and i also made one for my stepdad and it was nice and they all complimented my breakfast it wasn't hell at all it was nice i had some bob marley playing on my laptop made cups of coffee for everybody we all chilled out so why jacob is breakfast hell some things some things are a mystery